Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 27th, 1997. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening or good morning, as the case may be, across this great land, stretching from the Hawaiian and Tahitian island chains in the west, eastward to the Caribbean, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north all the way to the pole, worldwide on the Internet, about every corner covered there. This is Coast to Coast AM. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell, and I've got a surprise for you coming up in a moment, as if I'm not nearly always full of them. A lot to do this morning. First of all, I would like to welcome some new radio stations. WRECAM in Memphis, Tennessee. That's AM 600. 5,000 big ones covering a whole wide area down around Memphis, welcome, and WBEN, that's WBEN, now there's an old set of call letters from uh, Buffalo, New York, um, great to be on board with you again, uh, covering a wide swath uh, around Buffalo and uh, that part of New York, uh, glad to have you on board as well, so, what a good beginning, huh, in a moment, a Rosalie Asias. Now, you're probably going, huh? Who's Rosalie Asias? Well, I hope you're buckled in. <laughs> you're, when, 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 you, when you find out, you're going to need to be buckled in. This is going to be fun. It relates to the uh, Supreme Court decision um, in some ways. In some ways, it does not. I, actually, it does. Well, we'll decide as we go along. What the hell? Beijing is a uh, radio that, well, first of all, I, you know what? I better cover the serious news. At least 32 people have been killed by a string of powerful tornadoes and thunderstorms that literally ripped through central Texas, tossing vehicles into the air like toys, like in the movies. Um, destroying businesses and homes by the dozen. Police said the deadliest tornado killed at least 30 people when it literally obliterated homes in the small Williamson County town of Gerald, about 40 miles north of Austin. We are heard widely in that area. Stunned rescue teams said the death toll could rise higher during the night. Rescue workers tried to find victims and survivors in the rubble of at least 50 homes and trailer homes flattened by that tornado, which was at least, get this folks, 200 yards wide. At least six tornadoes were reported across four counties. That is the lead story and not a surprise. We have been talking uh, in recent days about the more uh, violent weather, and it is yet another example of it, and one of the things covered in my book. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to have time to plug my book tonight, except to tell you it's called The Quickening. It is the second printing, the first printing. I've never seen an entire first printing uh, sell out in two weeks, but ours did. <laughs> ours did. It was gone. And the second printing is here. It's still a first edition, and you can still get an autographed copy of my book. Um, however, how long that will be going on, I 
cannot at this moment uh, tell you. Not long, I suspect, um, at this rate. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Now, to lead into Rosalie, um, here is an item uh, that really is going to do that for us. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court decision uh, to allow a sexual harassment lawsuit against President Clinton to go ahead immediately, and it was 9-0, by the way, cast a pall over what was intended to be a week of triumph for the White House. The signing of a historic security framework for Europe in Paris Tuesday. Uh, is now under the poll, a poll cast by the decision of the Supreme Court to allow um, Apollo Jones to go ahead and go get the president in court. Now, for sexual, well, sexual harassment, I guess. Now, um, that's where my guest enters the scene in her own way. Rosalie Osias is president of the Osias Foundation. She has become the woman that women love to hate. Believe me not, men, you should see her photograph. Good heavens, we're going to have to arrange that. She's gorgeous. And yet all she wanted to do was talk about, get this, folks, using sex in the workplace for career advancement. A totally destroying the glass ceiling, sending uh, executives uh, probably uh, a flying through it. Over the last year, Osias has confronted the feminist movement over what she believes is the hypocrisy of its leadership. Angry over their studied indifference regarding the role of sex and sexuality in the workplace, she has debated, lectured, written, and even broadcast this issue until, get this, W-O-R radio in New York, candor fired her over materials too graphic for even W-O-R. She counsels that being gender blind in the office doesn't mean you shouldn't flash thigh or cleavage to move ahead. Uh, so, as you might imagine, she has created anger, stunned silence, grudging respect as she denounces feminists as those who have stripped femininity uh, from the workplace. Boy, is she right about that. While she creates provocative advertisements for her law firm that celebrates sex appeal in business, not content to face down the Bar Association with her hints of censure, now, I can imagine they wouldn't like it. Osias has now taken to the lecture circuit, debating her philosophy before combative students and lawyers and probably talk show listeners. Within the last year, she's created a not-for-profit uh, not foundation whose purpose is to assault the male establishment <laughs> and the seething feminist movement who see her use of sex in the workplace as counter- Revolutionary. 
Despite the hostility and the occasional boycott staged by some feminists, uh, she says her message continues to find a responsive court. Quote, typically, men have created a business attire for women at work that would strip us, no pun intended, of our femininity. femininity. A powerful weapon in breaking through the glass ceiling. Yeah, here we go. Worse, the so-called feminist leadership has brought into it uh, becoming the quizzlings of the 90s. Says she's proud of the epithets that have been thrown at her by other women, including hard, ruthless, mean-spirited, aggressive, ambitious, calculating, and I bet she's been called a bitch uh, one time or two, haven't you? Uh, Rosalie, hello. Hi. Anybody ever call you a bitch? A few times. I Here bet. and there. Yeah, I bet. Um, this is a completely, totally backward point of view from what is considered to be politically correct today. Yes? Um, yes, but you know something? It's a realistic point of view. Oh, you're and, right. Well, uh, I'm successful, and it has worked for me, and it would work for other women if they tried it. Um Instead of conforming to male standards that were created by men for men, um, women have to be women. They have to be bright. They have to be educated. They have to have an expertise in whatever they want. Um, but they need to look like women, and they need to use something inherent that they're born with, which is their sexuality. Sex sells. It always does. It works very well in manipulating men all throughout our lives until we get into the workplace. And that's when we leave everything outside the corporate door and we decide that we're going to look like men and act like men. And by God, if, you know, we walk in there with our shirts and ties and jackets, mm. we're going to be respected like men and judged on the same basis. Mm. That's garbage. We're not judged the same way. Um, women are judged very differently, and when you don't look like a woman, you blend in with the wallpaper because men um, have a brotherhood, they mentor each other, they take each other by the hand, they bring them up that corporate ladder, and women do not get that same response uh, from that male employer, and by God, he's going to be a male employer, not a female. Um, and so women have to get some sort of recognition early on in their career and accelerate um, the fact that they're there and they're smart and they can do the work. And the only way really to catch a man's attention uh, is by being sexual and using it as a weapon. Uh, yes, it works. Um, it does work. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, mm -hmm. If you had had an opportunity to counsel uh, Paula... Mm -hmm. Prior to her encounter with the president, uh, no matter what happened, prior uh, how, to her I, I mean, encounter here, or right after? No, no, her no, no, no. Prior to her encounter, I mean, now uh, uh, remember, she is allegedly going up to a hotel room mm -hmm. at the invite of the president of the U.S. She is an employee, an employee of the um, of of uh, the state of Arkansas, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So here we have a classic case of. Big boss, little employee. Um, a clear invitation uh, to sexual occurrences. So if you'd had a chance to interview her uh, prior to her visit to the suite, what would you have said? 
what I would have said was, what a tremendous opportunity <laughs> you're getting. <laughs> I would go right up there, and I would send everybody out, and I would stay with Bill behind closed doors. And no one's going to know what I'm doing behind those closed doors. But when I walk out of that room... You would have gone to, from a GS4 to a GS13. Well, let's just say he would have owed <laughs> me a lot, and I would have gotten much more out of that deal than just a lot of lawsuits and a lot of press, because what she really did was she's not going to really get anything from it. And more importantly than that, what she's sending a message out to the world is don't hire women, don't get them into the workplace, don't move them up, because the minute you look at them the wrong way, the minute you touch them the wrong way, the minute you say something that doesn't sound right, you're going to have a lawsuit. And well, no, no, no. She's saying she wants her reputation back. What happened to her reputation? Did it go away somewhere? I mean, where did it go? Uh, you know, uh, a woman, um, women are very smart. And women have their reputations, and women have their attitudes, and women have their smarts. And I don't know how one loses one's reputation. Um, it, it's beyond me. If I had the opportunity to be with a governor of a state, mm -hmm. um, I certainly wouldn't think that I had lost my reputation. I mean, after all, Bill is a man. And like all other men, he's going to... If he has an opportunity, he's going to try and do whatever he feels like doing. Hmm. And that's the way it works, even in the workplace. Men are just like that. And women know that. And women dress for that. And women buy billions of dollars in cosmetics for it and spend millions of dollars for their hair. Um, there's a reason why all these um, enterprises make billions of dollars, because women play into that. So Unfortunately, words, they don't play into it in the right places where they can get the profit from it, where they can get the economic advantage, uh -huh. where they can get that corporate corner office. That's the only place where women don't make it work for them. So feminism really uh, removes the most powerful weapon that a woman has. In my opinion... Feminism, you know, 30 years ago, the feminist movement did a wonderful thing. It told women, you know something, you're as smart as guys, and you can do anything you want, and you can get any position you want, and you can be anything you want. And that's where they left us. Um, and they told us, well, you know, just go march in and uh, look like men. And if that happens and you have your JD in your hand, or if you have your BA or your BS or whatever it is that you want to do, you're going to be judged in the merits and you're going to get the same respect as men. It didn't happen. It's never going to happen. And, yes, sexuality is a woman's inherent wonderful asset. And women do need that extra weapon to make it in the world. There is no doubt about it. Um, we're not just going to make it with what we know and how we speak. I'm an attorney. Um, I wanted to represent leading banks in New York State. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get an appointment with anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm very smart. You're also I'm a very beautiful. good lawyer. And you're beautiful. Well, thank I'm look, you. I'm looking at your you photo. know something? No one knew I was beautiful. And 
I'm knocking on doors and I'm calling and no one is giving me that appointment. Um, and oh. what I started doing was advertising in a provocative way as an attorney. Why? Because bankers are all men. Women don't own banks. <laughs> and true. my target were men. I wanted those men to stop and look and say, what is this? Oh, is so, this? so what did you do? Go to uh, um, journals and uh, so forth that go right in, you know, that they trade? Uh, trade magazines, things, no? exactly, that bankers all read. And I took <sighs> out full-page ads. Uh-huh. Um, and I got the, att the immediate attention. Oh, I'm sure. And not only did I get the immediate attention of those bankers, um, I got the appointments uh, at the con at the next convention. Those bankers wanted to meet me. <laughs> I didn't have to go knocking on their doors. I and I represent 40 banks. I could represent more than 40 banks if I wanted to right now. Uh, so I generated the interest and I generated that uh, income from the provocative advertisements. I, I lured, uh, you know, I, I targeted that male desire for sexuality, a, a very normal desire. I kept the business, though, because I'm good. Because at the end of the day, it you've doesn't matter be. how... You've got to be. At the end of the day, you've got to well, be good. That's you've right. You've got to deliver, you? absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's right. People want to make money. They don't care. You know, sexuality can open the door for you. It's, so, it gives you the window of opportunity. Yeah, so in a way, this got your thigh in the door. I'm sorry? The, in a way, this got your thigh in the door. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then you've got to deliver good work. And women, really, have to deliver work that's much better than men in order to keep that clientele. And they're still with me. So, um, you know, to all the women that say, no, I, I'm not going to put myself out there in the meat market. I'm, I want to be judged on my brain, on my merit, on, on who I am, on what I do. That's great. But who's going to know? who you are and what you do and what you can't do and how great you are. No one's going to know it because by renting a room in a suite um, or by um, renting a storefront and opening a business or by walking into a law firm that has 500 male associates, you're not going to make it. No one is going to deal with you. You're going to sit at the very bottom and make ends meet. You've got to accelerate your recognition immediately. And the only way you can really do that is through your sexuality, because that's the only thing that you've got that the men don't. So if it had been you who had been going to meet Bill Clinton by now, you would be Secretary of State or uh, probably ambassador to the country of your choice? I would have been doing something very important, absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, the whole idea, uh, I assume by women yelling and ranting and raving and fighting is that we want economic equality and we want financial equality and we want that same power. Well, women have to have a strategy, a game plan, just like men. Men have that game plan, except that men have each other to bring them up. All right, all right. Rosalie, yeah. hold on. We've got plenty of time. We're at the bottom of the hour, and we will be back. Does anybody detect unreality here? Uh-uh. This is the real thing. You know what? When you're hearing it, listen carefully. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997.
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell, and my guest is Rosalie Osias. And we are frantically searching for a place on the web right now, the World Wide Web, where we can get a photograph of Rosalie and get a link to it on our site. So we are frantically working on that. If anybody out there can help us... Um, uh, she's been associated with uh, Nexus Lexus, and if you can find a link to a photograph of Rosalie, it's worth getting it up there. This woman is a knockout, and she knows how to use it. And she'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. All right, um, back now to uh, Rosalie Osias. Uh, Rosalie, I have the first blistering facts in already, which says art. I'll bet this woman has never been raped, or she wouldn't uh, have such a perspective. Now, how do you address that? It comes from a guy, by the way. Dave in San Francisco. Well, you know, rape is rape. And uh, um, obviously, um, I'm, I would kill um, any man that rapes a woman. That is a crime, and... Um, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Ah, but they'll view it that way. They'll, they'll say, there she is, flashing a thigh and giving cleavage, and it's going to lead these men down the temptation to that horrible crime. Well, you know, do, do, you, know, do you notice a, um, uh, that there isn't any rape going on in the world today? I mean, there's rape going on every single day. Um, and there's uh, domestic abuse going on every single day. And we're running around having parties to build more shelters for women to run to in the middle of the night with their children. So I don't see that by not using your sexuality or by um, uh, conforming to some male standard of dress and, uh, and way about you that we've done anything greater in the world in the last 30 years. Actually, I think it's gotten worse um, than it ever has. Um, so what I'm advocating is for women to finally really take their lives in their hands, truly and really and honestly, and look at themselves and realize that we've moved nowhere except downwards. And that's where men would like to keep us, is downwards. That's where we're the best. Um, and take our lives in our hands and finally use something that we do have. And we've been using on our fathers from the time we're little girls to get what we want. And we use it on our boyfriends and to get boyfriends and to get that guy to take us to the prom mm -hmm. and um, to get that guy in college and to get that husband. I mean, we're always using our sexuality as women from the time we're born. The only place we leave it outside the door is when we go out to work and where it counts so that we can move up and get some power in our hands. And, you know, I've had women writing to me and writing to newspapers whenever I've been published in newspapers. Uh, one woman said, well, you know, 
the Wonder Bra and uh, things like that are okay for Madonna, but not for the real working woman. And I said to myself, well, here's a woman who thinks it's okay for Madonna to make millions of dollars by using her sexuality, mm -hmm. but for some reason the rest of the millions of us all have to live in poverty or have to struggle to make ends meet. Why is that? Why do women accept sexuality in the modeling industry, uh, in the beauty industry, in the entertainment industry? Why is it okay in all those industries, which, by the way, men manipulate women in those industries through sexuality, and women buy, buy right into it. Why don't women just manipulate themselves for once instead of letting the men make the money off of us? Because that's really what happens in the real world. So well, you're really saying that the whole femininity business as it applies to the workplace and even sexual harassment that's something we'll cover uh is a absolute bunch of baloney and it's really backwards and wrong and unnatural and what you're saying is the natural thing yes i mean you know women went into the workplace and you know for some reason they thought they're supposed to leave their womanhood outside of the door but it doesn't work it really doesn't because when you're um, in the real world and, and you're, you're trying to get up there and you have to be ambitious and aggressive and walk over a lot of dead bodies because, you know, that's the way men make it also. You know, men don't, don't just walk in the door and, you know, become president two weeks later. Um, men have to do the same thing. Uh, but men have something in there that women don't, and that's a friend. It's the brother sitting in the corporate office he's going to network in the golf course he's going to network with the boys mm -hmm. at the disco he's going to network with them at the urinal he's going to network with them when he's cheating on the wife women don't have that they don't have the friends at the workplace they've got to make themselves known and make themselves known much quicker to whoever is important in that office and who can mentor them and help them and teach them and bring them along uh, that's the only way women are going to do it. They're not going to do it by working 20 hours a day, sitting at their desk in their corporate outfits. Hmm. I know my audience has got to be sitting out there, most of them, in their hearts, knowing you're exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, uh, most of the women probably know it, though they have been conditioned away from what you're saying. And I can tell you right now that most of the men know it too now there will be uh fundamentalist christians who will come on here and um and just break you over the coals no doubt mm -hmm. uh, and i'm sure you're used to that mm -hmm. um however had you not done what you did you wouldn't be you probably wouldn't be representing one banker right now would you absolutely not and you know not only do i represent 40 banks um, I own a number of other companies, and many, many doors have opened up to me uh, throughout the world. And I've now gotten involved with international banking um, in Eastern countries. So, um, you know, the way I look and I presented myself opened up those doors. But again, I had to be good at what I did. And when I'm sitting across a conference table, um, they may be looking at my body first, mm -hmm. but they're also listening to what I'm saying. And at some point, the eyes go from the chest to the face. 
Because now they want to conduct business. Well, business is the bottom line. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, feminism has, you know, the feminist movement, it, it, became, it, it started out as something so great, but then it really became a cancer, and it really suffocated all those women out there. I mean, women out there are frustrated. They haven't made it. Um, they're still at the bottom of the ladder. All right, now, now refute this, because the, the women's movement claims many gains. Uh, glass ceilings are being broken. Women are rising to positions they never have before, and they're claiming gains. Of course, so is the American Cancer Society. Well, uh, I don't know what gains they're looking at. There were a number of studies, and there are studies done by the month. Uh, a few months ago, there was a Harvard study done. Um, they uh, surveyed uh, hundreds of law firms, and uh, women were not partners. Women were still at the bottom, and, you know, 50% of law schools uh, are made up of women, and they go into the force, into the law firms, uh, and 50% of those women that enter leave because they're so frustrated. They go back home, and they have children, and they stay there, and, I mean, that's okay, but that wasn't the original intention. That wasn't why they went to law school. The idea was to become a lawyer and, and, and work at something they loved and become successful and um, have economic freedom of choice in, in what they did, and it didn't happen. And the women that have remained are making ends meet. Um, you know, the, the, the women that uh, – look at, for instance, how many women organizations are behind Paula Jones? None. None. I think one, no. One organization. Is there one? Is there one? one. Um, now, don't you think they should all be behind this woman? I mean, after all, she's been sexually harassed. Do you want to tell me why you think they're not? I'll tell you why. Because women, first of all, are enamored of Bill. He's good-looking. He's sexy. You know, I mean, women voted Bill in. You know, it was the women's vote that brought him in. Number two, Bill wants to give out money for the different things that women need. Women do need the money from the government. That's a very, a very sad state of affairs. Instead of women being able to make that money and not need it and own those companies, um, so you still you're, need you know, to be supported you know, and Bill's there to give it. You're really saying that uh, Bill Clinton owes to a large degree his success to the same thing you do. Yeah. Well, you know, men have been doing that for years. You know, men know what sexuality is, and they play that game. You know, um, uh, men, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the foundation did a survey, and they found that um, they questioned uh, about 800 uh, secretaries, support staff, paralegals, uh, assistants, and uh, over 50% of those women said they fantasized having sex with the boss. Um, about 20% said that, was that they... Was that 50%? Over 50%. Um, and about uh, 20 or 25% said yes, that the men in the office um, who have the power know that they have the power and know that they use their sexuality. I mean, look, you know, that sexual tension is there. It exists in the workplace and everywhere else. I mean, it exists in the Army. Life. I don't know. What? In life. In life, Any, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And it makes the world go around. Women aren't using it, though, 
to their advantage. They're not manipulating it. I'm not telling women, go out and get a couch and bring, bring it into your boss's office and, you know, close the door. But you may be suggesting if there's one already conveniently there. What I'm suggesting is, no, <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. Well. What I'm suggesting is use your sexuality. But um, at the same time, there are people who are going to have relationships, relationships in the office. Um, it's been going on ever since men and women have been together in any environment, including the office, including the workplace, including the Army. And if you're going to have a sexual relationship with someone in the office, at least have it with someone who can help you. What do you think? If, well, <laughs> yeah, look, if, let, let's tackle the military services because they're having a terrible time right now. Yeah. Um, and it is a little bit of a different situation in the military. Um, well, because of really? the discipline. That, yeah, it really is. I mean, not on, not at the human relationship level, but in terms of uh, what you can get in deep doo doo for. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can get in deep trouble uh, very easily uh, in the sexual harassment area. As a matter of fact, allegations sometimes reduce ranks nearly immediately. <laughs> and so it is a little bit different in the military. Now, in the, in the workplace, uh, in, in civilian life, um, I absolutely understand what you're saying. And uh, I think you're right. Now, this is going to aggravate a lot of people. And what, what I guess I want to know from you is, um, how have the women been talked into this? In other words, is there a cabal of men somewhere that has directed the women's movement, or have the women, in your opinion, done this to themselves? I set up this this set of rules regarding sexual harassment and uh, correct apparel and what you do and don't do. Who really started changing the rules? Well, you know, in terms of sexual, I just want to make one point about the sexual harassment sure. situation in that, you know, 30 years ago, women were told, you know, take your bra off and burn it. We should have really been told, you know, put on the bra and stuff it because that's a much better deal. Um, I, I think sexual harassment is just the new thing in town uh, for a lot of women who have not made it, who are very frustrated. It seems to be a big thing on uh, talk shows, and it gets you a little publicity, that 15-minute of fame. Oh, yeah. You may get a few bucks out of the deal because you obviously are not going to get up there, that corporate ladder. And uh, it really ruins it for many, 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 many women uh, by, again, telling the world, you know, women can handle the corporate environment. They can handle the reality of men and women in the work environment. And so, you know, we're going to cry wolf, and um, it, it really ruins it for all the other women who uh, take working very seriously and have no problem in dealing with the boys when the boys need to be dealt with. Who brainwashed women? Um, yeah. The feminists, uh, you know, and, and their intention was not bad. The initial um, revolution, so to speak, was good in the sense that they motivated millions and millions of women to go out there and um, become whatever it was that they wanted to become, that they too could do it. And so in that way, it was very, very positive. 
it became it what happened though as time evolved um, instead of women realizing that they shouldn't look like men and they don't know how to play the game that's played out there because there is a game that's played out there and oh, women yes. didn't know the rules um, they just kept doing it even though it was getting worse and worse and worse a lot of the women organizations and the feminist leaders who started it um, you know they got richer they started these organizations that really um, live off of all the rest of us that are going nowhere men humored us you know they thought this is very funny you know when you speak to men in corporations and banks which I do on a daily basis and in law firms you know they call us Ms and they call us assistants and they uh, give you a nice little desk but you know something you're no better off than you were 30 years ago you're still the secretaries you're still helping those guys get ahead and you don't even realize it. I mean, there's a woman who just came out with a book. I couldn't believe it. On, and I heard her on TV called Surrendering. She's telling women, it's okay to stay home. Um, you know, you don't have to really work. And, you know, the feminist movement told you you could. But don't feel bad if you don't want to. And women should really stay home because that's really where they belong. And that, that they can nurture the best and they can raise children the best. And your husband needs you. And, I mean, this is crazy. We're going, I mean, it, it's taken a whole turnaround because women didn't make it. You know, I know a lot of women say, oh, yes, you know, I have this position and that position. The question is, do we own anything? You know, that you have this position and that position, it's the man who owns the company that can still hire you and fire you. Do you think uh, Hillary Clinton is your kind of woman? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with her political uh, point of view but she's definitely um, my kind of woman and she's smart she's a manipulator oh, yes. she knows exactly what she's doing and you know oh, yes. all the boys hate her because she knows how to play their game uh, she's and left a lot of bodies in her way as oh. as has her husband look she really is Bill Clinton I mean, you know, if she really took off, if they were, you know, together long enough, you'd realize she takes off her mask and he takes off his. You'd see who is Hillary and who is Bill. <laughs> yeah, you may be right. One other thing. Uh, now, I don't know how feminism began. I can remember uh, a couple of very beautiful women involved in the beginning of feminism. In fact, uh, one that I think uh, got on the inside of, was it Playboy? Gloria Steinem. Yeah, Gloria Steinem. What a beautiful woman. But, beautiful. You know, she still is. Yeah, she is. And But something something happened to most of the women in the feminist movement, and I don't care how much trouble I get in, but frankly, when I look at them, this is just my opinion, and I see them interviewed on television, what I see mostly is a whole bunch of not very good-looking women who look, frankly, kind of butch. Yes, I agree. And I so, so then their, their motivation in trying to change the whole way the workplace is handled might be a very personal agenda. In other words... I think it's become a personal agenda because it, the, it, it's not run by the people that started it. It, it really isn't. It, it's become convoluted. I, I'm, it, and, and I wish women would wake up. Um, you know, they're promoting this gender-blind society within the corporate environment 
and it's absolutely nonsense, and it goes to such an extreme that it can only um, bring women to failure. And women have to wake up and open their eyes and look around and see that nothing has happened. It's only gotten worse, and I don't know why women are fighting me so much, except that perhaps, you know, it's very hard to wake up and say, you know something, I've just spent the last 20 years doing something that was totally wrong, and I don't want to wake up, and I don't want to come to terms with it, and I don't want to change now, because 20 years ago, I, I changed, and, and I did what I was supposed to, and now this woman is telling me I have to change again. I hear you. All right, Rosalie, you've got plenty of minutes to rest, grab some coffee, whatever you want to do. And uh, we'll come back and do a little recap at the top of the hour, and then we're going to open the phone lines, and this is going to be a lot of fun. I can tell it's going to be fun. All right? Mm -hmm. Stay right where you are. <laughs> Rosalie Osias. And we're going to see what we can do. If anybody has a photograph, um, modem it to me right away, and we'll get it up on the web. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired May 27, 1997. Well, good morning. Buckle in, everybody, because you're about to hear a different point of view. As you know, I specialize in different points of view. It gets me in trouble all the time. This is really different. My guest is Rosalie Osias. And by the way, anybody who's got a nice photograph of Rosalie Osias, please send it to me by email right now at artbell at AOL.com. In the meantime, I have just scanned um, a, not a very good uh, rendition sent to me by fax of Rosalie, and that's on the way to my webmaster, uh, Keith Rowlands. He will probably have it up there within the next half hour. But if anybody else has a photograph and... This is a worthy photograph to see, trust me. Uh, send it along and we'll get that up. She'll be back in a moment. She has, um, she has a different outlook on things than you might hear conventionally anywhere else right now. And the thing about Rosalie is, she's right. Anyway, back to her in a moment and I'll catch you up. L.A., San Francisco, joining at this hour.
Coast to Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. As you know, the U.S. Supreme Court 9-0 said that uh, the sexual harassment case against the president may proceed. And... That's pretty big news today, uh, just behind the tornadoes in Texas. And so we've got Rosalie Osias with us, and she has a very, very different uh, way of uh, looking at things. And she is suggesting that instead of the feminist position uh, prevalent today in the workplace of, uh, uh, well, of a suppression of a woman's natural sexuality that women are losing one of the most powerful tools they have, their sexuality, a little thigh, a little cleavage, and um, why, uh, as I, as I uh, joked earlier, you get a thigh in the door. Now, look, she's an attorney, uh, and make no mistake about it, she said it at the end of the day, you've got to be able to do your job, and she represents now about 40 banks. But she did it by getting a thigh in the door. You know, I mean, she just admits that, by getting a thigh in the door. So um, she, is, she has a very, very, very different view of things. And we were joking earlier, and I asked her, look, if, if you'd been in a, a position of uh, the young lady that was about to go up to see the president, what would you have done? And she essentially said, well, I would have gone in I definitely would have gone up there, and uh, I would have probably gone from a, a GS4 to Secretary of State, maybe, or something like that. Uh, anyway, you get the idea. Here she is once again, Rosalie. Hi. Hi. I, you're in New York, by the way, aren't you? We didn't even tell people that. Yes, I am. New York City, Long Island, where are you? Well, my main office is on the island, uh, but I have uh, offices throughout the state. Okay. Um all right, fair. so you're, you're traveling around all the time. Not me, but other attorneys that work for me, yes. Oh, so now you have attorneys that work for you. Oh, absolutely. How can I possibly represent 40 banks alone? Um, out, of, <laughs> out of curiosity, um, what is the breakdown uh, of your employment uh, uh, gender count? Uh, how many men, how many women work for you? I know I'm going to get a lot of booze on this, um, and let me just qualify this by saying that I have running ads all the time because I'm constantly um, hiring uh, new attorneys and new paralegals and assistants, um, and I always try to hire women, and I do. Unfortunately, women do not stay with me as long as men, so the majority of the attorneys that do work for me are men but not because I wouldn't prefer women, which is a whole other program. But 
Um, one of the other problems that women have is they um, it's very difficult for women to work for a female principal. Uh, it's okay for women to work for a manager, um, for um, a vice president, for another assistant, but it's very difficult for them to deal with a female principal as they deal with the male. I have other businesses where I have male partners apart from the law firm, and um, women somehow, and it you know, goes back to that same thing, uh, you know, they're not, they don't have a strategy. It's, it's not, you know, I want to go from here and I want to get to Z, and it doesn't really matter what I do. With men, if a man is very demanding, women acquiesce and go, oh, he had a bad day with his uh, wife, he, his stomach hurts, uh, you know, the poor guy. When a woman is very demanding, uh, women get incensed and internalize it and um, simply leave. So um, most of the people... I. I would say 65% of the employees that I have are men. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. um, I have in my life, in radio and otherwise, worked for quite a number of women over the years. And I have to tell you, they are some of the most cold-hearted, <laughs> mean-spirited, um, hard-to-work-for bitches that I have ever come across in my I have worked for some of the what is it about women when they finally do perhaps not in the manner you are talking about here achieve some position of power it's like they're then out to destroy men I don't know I don't think that's really the goal here um, I think women once they do achieve some sort of power and control it's hard for them to maintain it, and they really can't do it. Yeah, but if by they did, yeah, but see, night, look, you know, they didn't do if they didn't do it your way, Rosalie, yeah. by a little thigh and a little cleavage and whatever else, and then competent work. But if they did it instead the way men do it, mm -hmm. and that is by leaving dead business bodies behind, they're harder, crueler, and make terrible bosses. Well, that's what most people say. Um, I don't know. Maybe people are just not used to dealing with a woman. Uh, I do believe, though, that women have to be harder than men. Um, I look, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit harder. I'm more demanding of people that work for me than perhaps my male counterpart because my clients expect a higher standard from me than my male counterparts or they would go there and so if I'm going to produce a higher quality of work then I need to get that from the people who work for me as well and so perhaps I may be tougher I mean you know as, as much thigh and cleavage as I show at the end of the day I still need very high quality work and I think both men and women have a hard time working for those women that finally do reach it, uh, those women do have to maintain a certain standard. And sure. they think, I don't know, but in my case, I am very demanding, and I know what's expected, and I want to keep that clientele. But, you know, men um, are different in the sense that if you're demanding and you critique, they will close their ears. They may not like it. They may whisper a lot of things under their breath. But 
they like the money, they know where they are, they know why they're there, they know where they're going, there's a reason they're there, and uh, they move on. Women don't. They take it personally. And obviously you took it personally also. <laughs> um, when the when the female boss yelled at you. Well, yeah, look, I was just making a very general observation. Men, when they deal with each other uh, at a business level, I'm not saying they don't get into big fights, uh, and there are not big conflicts, but it is not as strident and as mean-spirited as the woman who has made it in the man's world not your way, but, you know, by, by leaving bodies behind, by being as rough and as tough and as big and as bad as any man out there in the business world. These women, look out. Um, I'm not going to defend them because I'm just happy they're there. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. All right. Um, let's take a few phone calls. This will be, uh, this will be interesting indeed. Are you, are you prepared to uh, defend yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Huh? Don't worry about me. Um, all right. Uh, first time caller, uh, you're on the air with uh, Rosalie Osias. Hello. Good morning, Art. This is Chris from Nashville. Yes, Chris. Uh, I've been in the workplace for 12 years as a salesman, and uh, I, I, I kind of agree with what she's saying, but you know, not all women are pretty, and some women have no sexuality. I mean... If they don't have that, what are they supposed to do? All right, all right, all right, all right. That's a good question, and I think when I made my rather caustic comment uh, about the women's movement, mm -hmm. um, very caustic, in fact, um, that's True. sort of what I was saying, uh, that it, it has turned into or from an organization that really had a good beginning into an organization of women who are, frankly, not particularly good-looking, and want the rest of the workplace and the rest of their gender reduced to the same playing field. You know what, that's what another national talk show host said. I heard him say it for the first time about a year ago, and I thought, oh, boy, you've lost it. And yeah, actually, there's a little bit of truth to well, that. Well, he may have lost it. He may not still have his job. You know, No, he does. He's the number one. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Rush. You yes. mean Rush. Mr. Limbaugh, right. And another thing, I think... Um, what women need to do is just change their attitude, get a little thicker skin, and don't be so petty. Life is not perfect for everybody, and, and that would, would uh, get them a lot farther along. You know, everything we're saying is not politically correct, but as you listen to Rosalie, mm -hmm. you know she's right, don't you? In most cases, the only thing I don't, I don't like what I hear is that she keeps... She's got the same general idea that the other feminists do, that all women are victims and, and all men are, are bad, and I don't agree with that. Well, no, wait a minute. I don't know if she said that. No, but all, it's all men are bad. Well, no, I, I didn't say men are bad at all. As a matter of fact, I adore men. And really, it's men who make me feel like a sexy woman. And I love men for making me feel that way, and I couldn't see a world without men. So, well, no, so you... I don't hate men, but I do think that the majority of women are on the lower economic ring. There is no doubt about that, that men control the world. They control the major corporations, the banks, countries. I mean, let's face it, that's the reality. Okay, um, well, you say, all right, you say men, that's, that sounds like one success story. No, it's millions of separate success, success stories. Everyone's got a different situation in life, and you have to just... Take your blows on the way up sometimes. That's just the way it is. All right. Well, look, his initial question 
was. What about the ugly woman or the homely woman? You know something, uh, I, I, I'm asked that question all the time, but, you know, sexuality is, and don't laugh, but it is from within. It's an attitude, it's the way you look at somebody, it's the way you walk, it's the way you hold your body, it's the way you sit, it's the way you get up. There's much more to sexuality than a pretty leg and uh, big breasts. Uh, sexuality is a whole combination of things. There are plenty of women who have gorgeous bodies and are very masculine. So it's an attitude, it's a feel, it's... It's it's everything combined, and you know. Actually, sex is mostly in your head, really, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> That's right. But um, you know, we think of beautiful as you know, tall, thin, big breasts, long legs, long hair, blonde, green eyes. Um, that's easy for you to say because that's you. Well, I've been blessed in, in that way, um, maybe. But you know something? There are um, women out there who um, are gorgeous if they would just let themselves become gorgeous. You know, I know women, uh, attorneys, who make it their business every morning to look as ugly as possible. You know, let me get that hair back. Let me put on my glasses. God forbid I should put on some makeup. Let me look as disgusting as possible so that I can get as much respect tomorrow morning as I can. And I think that's what you see out there. And... That's the wrong attitude. Do you remember a big brouhaha not long ago over a Supreme Court justice appointment? Rosalie? No. Which you one? Don't, you don't? Don't you remember the sexual harassment charges and the hearings they had and the pubic hair and... Um, that whole brouhaha, you don't remember that? Yes, now I do remember. Now you do? Yes. Um, I'm curious. I was thinking of another judge that told a woman that was that was brought in front of her, um, who had stolen something, and the judge, uh, a female judge, very smart, said to her, "You know, you didn't have to go and steal anything. All you've got to do is go to a bus uh, stop and sit on a bench and cross your legs and show some thigh, and you would have been able to make plenty of money." <laughs> you hear about that one? No, no. Okay, anyway, but, uh, going back, back to your story. Yeah, yeah. As you watched that whole thing uh, unfold, and I can imagine you must have been intensely fascinated. You must have been sitting there shaking your head saying, what the hell is going on here? What's the matter with this woman? Why is she doing this? I guess you looked at it. Uh, how did you look at it? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You know, the same way that I look at any woman that comes up with this sexual harassment, um, new, you know, new ice cream in town, I don't like it. I don't care for it. It's an insult to me as a woman. And it's, um, you know, let me get myself into the limelight. I mean, I'm ashamed of it. I don't like it. And, and I wish that... Um, other women would stop buying the newspaper in protest or something. Um, look at Montel Williams, um, you know, the talk show host. Oh, yes. Remember, oh, you know, of course. Um, some young producers, female producers, got all hot and bothered because he would walk around in his boxer shorts and light cigars. 
Me, I would have taken pictures. I would have laughed with it. I would have said, "Hey, Monty, this is cool. This is great. You know, let me let me uh, sit here and light your cigarette." Um, I would have gone with it because really, I'm not there to help him be Monty Williams. I'm there to take his job, and I'm going to manipulate the situation to my advantage. Instead, I mean, do we hear about those women anymore? No. It was a one or two day newspaper event, and that was it. Um, so. To me, it's a waste of time, and it's not conducive to making headways for women. What generally happens to women who bring uh, sexual harassment charges? I mean, they, uh, uh, whatever it might be, they bring the charges. There's a big brouhaha. They keep their job probably for a while, but what happens to them? Uh, do they ever really break through the glass ceiling? Or are they forever marked? They don't break through the glass ceiling. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, it's um, it's out in the paper. There's discussions of the tremendous case of the Smith Barney case. You know, with all those women uh, yelling and screaming that they were harassed. Oh yes. Um, I mean, I don't. You know, to me, I mean, I worked for large law firms before I opened up my own. And I don't ever remember working for a firm where men didn't look at me or men didn't ask me out or uh, a partner uh, didn't put his arm around me. And, uh, you know, when I started out of law school, I also conformed to what I was told to do. You know, wear that conservative suit, look at it as ugly as possible, look like a man. When did the light bulb go on suddenly? When I wasn't getting any of the good work that my male <sighs> counterparts were getting. When uh, my male, the male associates who had come in at the same time were sitting in the partner's office doing big deals, and I was doing nonsense and garbage. All right, Rosalie, hold it right there. We're at the bottom of the hour, and let me tell the audience that on my website now, I've got one image of Rosalie already. We're looking for a better one, but if you want to see Rosalie, um, she's up there, Rosalie Osias, on my website. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time.
tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Rosalie Osias is my guest. We've got one photograph of her on the website already. It was a quick scan. I'm going to try to get another. If anybody has one, send it to me. This woman is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So, I should have been working on photographs earlier, but I had a wild day today. Anyway, we'll get back to uh, Rosalie. She's got quite a message. It's a very different message, and uh, I will tell you more about it in a moment. And you know, as I sit here and I listen to music, here is yet another place where women's sexuality, their provocative natural nature is glorified. It's all over music, isn't it? So what happens to it when it gets into the workplace? And that, that's what Rosalie is asking. And you may have political disagreements with her, but in your heart, I bet you know she's right. Coast to Coast AM is happy to announce that our website is now optimized for mobile device users, specifically for the iPhone and Android platforms. Now you'll be able to connect to most of the offerings of the Coast website on your phone in a quick and streamlined fashion. And if you're a Coast insider, you'll have our great subscriber features right on your phone, including the ability to listen to live programs and stream previous shows. No special app is necessary to enjoy our new mobile site. Simply visit coasttocoastam.com on your iPhone or Android browser. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Back now to uh, Rosalie Osias. So, Rosalie, are you there? Yes. How are you doing? You still awake? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, west of the Rockies, uh, by the way, Rosalie, I should say, and if this isn't proof, um, when we got the first scan of you up on the website, uh, my webmaster just called and said the entire server, and we've got a big one, went into what he called DEFCON 4, <laughs> which means that there's a good zillion people going up there to see what you look like right now. Oh, uh, good. And doesn't that, in a way... Prove your point. It absolutely proves my point. Yeah. Um, all the men agree with me, even men in my own profession in the banking industry, incredibly enough, have started advertising in very unique sexual ways. And they don't even have to. But they realize that, yeah, you know something, she's got a point, and um, we can't obviously be sexual the way she can. But we can do it with tongue-in-cheek and humor and get more clientele. Well, look, if it's okay to sell a car by draping a woman across it, um, then uh, it should be okay to sell an introduction to business the same way. But, you know, the only people who aren't doing it are the women. The no. women keep saying, no, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. All right, let's take some more calls. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Asias. Hi. Hello, Art. Hi, turn your radio off for us. Got it. Okay. Uh, this is Floyd in Houston. How you doing? I'm great. I'm back home again. Okay, is Rosalie right or wrong? Uh, she's 100% right, and I, you know, this woman has got more insight than anybody that I have seen. You're absolutely right about the feminist movement. Oh, I love you. 
Uh, Rosalie, I support you 100%, young lady. Well, thank you. And I wish you the best of everything. Oh, well, she she uh, she seems to have that already. <laughs> I haven't been able to get to a website so I can see that. <laughs> but you made a comment that I, uh, I agree with, too. On the sexuality, it doesn't have to be somebody with uh, Farrah Fawcett hair and Brooke Shields legs. It huh. could be somebody with a Rosie O'Donnell body, That's but right. with the with the uh, personality that she's got. No, you're exactly right. Thank mm -hmm. you, brother. Um, and here's one for you. Take this one on, Art. Ask your guest Rosalie if she's saying to tease and flirt to get a job, or is she saying sleep her way to the top? Uh, before I go on with the facts, uh, which is it, or is it both? I mean, you know, it's 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 either one. Uh, you know, I tell women that they've got to be smart and sexy, and that always equals power and money, um, and that's all you really need. But if you're going to um, have relationships in the office anyway, and you know, it happens, and I I know people keep saying. No, it doesn't. People don't have these relationships in there. They do. And, um, you know, let's be honest So, So, it. being honest, you're saying both? I'm saying both. Uh, all right, I, then, I'm then. Saying, look, don't sleep with the FedEx clerk. <laughs> sleep with the boss. Because <laughs> the FedEx the... clerk can only <laughs> teach you how to mail yeah. you know, things <laughs> no, out. I know, I know. All right, um, then the facts goes on. If she is saying that having sex with a guy is worth any job, she's crazy. Can you imagine how many sexual diseases you can get? What about pregnancy? What about fidelity with your met, uh, mate? Most women I know already use the art of flirt at their jobs. If they go the next step and sleep with every guy up the ladder, are they any better than a prostitute? This is from Lisa in, in Birmingham. You know, we're all prostitutes in one way or another, both men and women. Um, unfortunately, it's the men who um, redeem all the benefits of that prostitution and the women who are always the givers and get nothing in return. Uh -huh. um, I say, uh, you know, I don't know how she's using her flirtation. You know, flirtation alone doesn't get you anywhere. Um, it, it doesn't work if it's not combined with brains and strategy, okay? It's not enough just to show leg and breast. That's okay for two, three days, and then, you know, everybody moves on. So there's got to be a real strategy behind the flirtation, the sexuality. Um, but if that's not working and that person wants to move on and feels that there is an opportunity um, by doing whatever it is that she would like to do with the employer, you know, it's going to happen anyway, and, and you know something? People think that sex isn't happening out there because of AIDS and all these diseases. Yeah. Oh, it, it's happening out there. It's happening every day. Um, I don't think people are more restrained, and um, if you're going to do it, at least get something for it. You know, I'm tired of women always being the ones, you know, if women want something and use their sex to do it, you know, they're sluts. If men do it, you know, oh, isn't he great? You know, isn't he wonderful? 
Uh, you know, it's a double standard, and it's really a matter of what do you want? Do you want to always be the assistant, or do you one of these days want to own the company? It's 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 really quite simple. All right, East of the Rockies, uh, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hey, how you doing, Art? Steve from Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Dave. Uh, Steve. Steve, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. The accent has something to do with it. I'm driving home from work and listening to Rosalind on the radio and uh, Rosalie. Rosalie, I'm sorry. Steve. And uh, Osias. Yes, and uh, just uh, uh, with the comments about women looking good, uh, as opposed to, you know, ugly women can fix themselves up and everything, uh, it reminded me of the other famous trial that has gone on here lately with Marsha Clark. She changed her image during the trial, and, boy, everybody, at least out here, was talking about how good-looking she was, and, and it made her almost more credible. The only problem, sir? She she lost the case. Well, I know. I didn't say it made her more confident. <laughs> it made, it, but it made her, I mean, you know, everybody talked about how she looked and everything. And I, I know it didn't make her more confident. I didn't think she did a very good job. That's but. true. But, you know, I, I'm reading her book, and, um, and I read a lot of comments about her. Uh, she did change her look. She didn't change her look enough. She yeah, didn't know. Well, she, she was still very much... Um, you know, very much conforming to male standards of, you know, being tough and she has got to be this and she's got to be that and, and, you know, she'll just do so much. I think if she would have been a lot more sexy and would have come across in that way, uh, there would have been a much nicer, better connection with that jury. You know, Johnny Cochran wore purple suits for a reason. And he was very, very sexy in that courtroom, believe me. He used that sexuality. Well, you know, they have... Uh, they have consultants, uh, you would well know, you're an attorney, that are hired to uh, assess the juries um, as, as they go through the, uh, the process of picking a jury. These mm -hmm. consultants have uh, a strong influence on who is picked uh, to be on the jury for either side. And maybe they should have a consultant like you trying to figure out whether it's a leg man or a breast man. <laughs> Well, you know something? You might have something. I may just expand into that new arena. I don't mind making a few more dollars. I understand. First time caller line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing quite well. Turn your radio off. That's the first thing. Okay, hold on a sec. By the way, we're taking these uh, calls unscreened, uh, okay. Rosalie. They come in as uh, I punch them up. I don't even know who's coming up. Where are you, sir? I'm in Grand Junction, Colorado. All right. Uh, I just wanted to say that I think that's what she does and what the, the way that she works. I think that's just taking advantage of, <laughs> sorry, just taking advantage of all the things that you can do. You know, everybody gets trampled on, and hey, I've been through college, you know, law school, and uh, I've uh, I'm in medical school now, and been working my way to the top. And I hear people like this that if they can do it, they can do it easier. More power to him, you know. I think that's just cool. Everybody taking advantage of what they can do. Funny. Uh, here I thought she was going to get uh, nailed up to the wall here. Well, you notice that it, uh, we haven't had any female callers. Oh, really? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. That's true. Uh, let's change that. I can <laughs> well, change that. You're away right from me. Well, uh, hey, if I was, uh, you know, I, I'm not an ugly male. I consider myself fairly sexy, you know, but... If if I could do what uh, what you could do with your body and uh, to get to the top, I would. But my problem is everybody above me is either you know male or something, you know, and I'm not going to go quite there to get to the top, you know. But 
All right, sir. I'm sorry. All right, sir. Thank you very much for the call. I'm going to change that right now. I'll tell you what I want. Uh, Keith, if you're out there listening, I just sent you a second scan. Now, that's pretty good. I'm I'm a guy who can uh, uh, actually scan photographs and um, uh, uh, talk on the radio at the same time and do an interview and take calls. Uh, and maybe even chew gum. I haven't tried that yet. So we've got a second scan on the way up to the web right now. Uh, Keith, uh, you'll find that in your uh, email right now. Now, um, I'm going to take a quick break, and what I want to do, uh, Rosalie, stay right there, is all the guys who are calling right now, hang up. Hang up. We'll get back to you. Don't worry, guys. We'll get back to you. Women only. Uh, women only for the next few minutes. Let's see what we get. Are you listening now? So if you're a guy out there calling, hang up. Let the ladies get through. Let's see what they've got to say, because she's exactly right. I don't think we've had one woman yet, so here they come. First time caller line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Well, hi. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Paradise, Paradise, California. All right. And... Uh, um... Uh, let's just say I'm the slut from paradise because I believe with what Rosalie says. Instead uh, well, of... I don't know if she said that. Rosalie, did you say that? <laughs> no, I'm not calling women sluts. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm sure somebody did. I, I, I just started listening about uh, five or ten minutes ago. I see. Because uh, I, I had to watch Strange Universe. I see. <laughs> and uh, yes. I've always... Uh, well, I, I can't think of a job that I've ever had where I have not had to deal with uh, uh, men flirting with you and uh, trying to take advantage of you, but I've always tried to use that to my advantage. Absolutely. Um, and have you done so to the degree um, Rosalie described? Uh, well, the little bit that I've heard so far, I can only go on my own experience that, yes, you can use it uh, um, uh, to your benefit. Uh, you can come across kindly and nicely, and and uh, we all like flattery, and basically that's what, of course, I've never had to work with senators. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Politicians. Um, now, there's a very, very interesting question, Rosalie. Of the various career fields that are out there, uh, from the private sector, business, banks, senators, is there any difference to the kind of response you will get to the kind of um, o overtures uh, for career advancement that you propose? You mean in terms of how men respond or, or how a woman should respond? To well, no, in, in the different careers of men, how they respond. In other words, you've dealt with bankers. They're about the staunchiest group uh, you could imagine. Yeah, but you know something? I mean, I think men are men and women are women. I mean, I don't think men are any different in the Senate versus... Um, banking or the legal profession or the accounting profession right. I, I think men um, are pretty basic and smart women understand those you know that basic and those needs and the mentality and uh, how to manipulate men uh, they're pretty generic right. <laughs> east of the Rockies you're on the air with Rosalie Osias hi Hello, I'm very, very nervous because I've never called into a talk show before. Well, that's cool. Where are you? I am in Illinois, in central Illinois. Okay. And my name is Bridget. 
Oh. I uh, I really have to applaud Rosalie for uh, being being an individual and and having her having her point of view and I applaud any woman who who wants to um, dress however they want to feel comfortable dressing quite frankly and um, I really it depends on the the situation and, and the mood I'm in right right now I really don't have um, I'm, I'm on my way to graduate school eventually, so I haven't really had any. Uh, I haven't well, then, Rosalie, had any situations that, that. Right, no, you're still in school, so it's a perfect opportunity. She can give you advice. Well, I mean, you're going to get out, you're going to go into the private sector, and. That's right. Actually, I um, am working right now um, producing your show at. Uh, you are? Yes, I'm at WSOY. You are? Yes. Uh-huh. Um. And I I also want to um, ask Rosalie if she's ever heard of Rianne Eisler. No. No. Um, she wrote a very interesting book called The Chalice and the Blade, mm -hmm. and it, it talks a lot about history and, and archaeology, and it's kind of a holistic kind of perspective, and it's more of um, instead of, just men against women it's more of a partnership versus kind of a dominator paradigm and i believe uh our terence mckenna is really into rianne eisler oh I, as well I, and has that's written right. written about her in his writing i agree uh and i and i thank you i thank you for the call i i i just wanted to applaud her and and art i applaud you for having such a great show. Thank you. And uh, by the way, there is now a second photograph of Rosalie on the website. That's www.artbell.com. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Good morning, Art. Hi. Good morning, Rosalie. Good morning. This is Holly from Honolulu. Hello. Yes. Oh, we're here. I yes. love Honolulu. I wanted to say I agree with you 100%. Oh, my God. I've been a stripper for 18 years. You, excuse me? A I'm stripper. a stripper, and I've been a stripper for 18 years, and I've gotten to know a little bit about men in that time, and I just want to say that everything that you've said, Rosalie, is right on. I mean, completely. I've literally used my physical attributes, um, feminine, wilds, whatever, to make a really good living. Never had to work for a man. Um, wow. was able to have a job anywhere I went. I've worked in gentlemen's clubs, I've worked in dives, and everywhere I've worked, you know, I, I love men, I adore men, just like you do, and I just want to say that everything you're saying is right on, and also, I want to, I agree with the man who called in and said, sexuality and what people are attracted to is a very relative thing. I've seen women who aren't conventionally beautiful get on stage and seduce a room just by paying attention, making eye contact. You know, uh, I, I just agree that there's, all women are sexy to me. I think all women are sexy. There are no ugly women. Well, all women can be sexy. Not exactly. all women project themselves as being sexy. I was going to have to jump in there and disagree. There are definite ugly women. Yes, but that's to you. Uh, like if, you know what I'm saying? That's your opinion. Like if you're to, for example, let me give you an example. If I go into a club and there are 400 dancers in that club, and I ask um, 20 guys, which dancer is the prettiest one in this room? All of them will have a different answer. Not one will say the same person. And I'm honest to God, I've seen women make fortunes who are, 
you know, not conventionally pretty. There's when a man says, "I don't think that woman is is, is pretty or attractive." Listen, we're going into a break. Can you okay. hold on? Sure. Rosalie, how about you? Yeah. All right, good. Everybody hold on then, and we'll be back to both of you and everybody else in a moment. Rosalie Osias from New York is my guest. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired May 27, 1997. And Rosalie Osias is my guest. She is an attorney. And uh, she is not exactly a feminist. Or is she? That's a pretty good question. I'll tell you one thing. If you ever wanted to go to a website and see a couple of incredible pictures, get up to mine right now and take a look. Rosalie's on it. Two photographs. The one I suggest you look at first is Rosalie at work. <laughs> I think those are high heels. Can't can't quite tell, but be sure. Oh my! You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven. Rosalie Osias is a um, an attorney. She represents about 40 banks. She's got a big business. She's got attorneys uh, who work for her. In other words, she's got a big business, and uh, she's done it her way. Like like old Blue Eyes said, uh, you've done it your way. Is that fair? I have done it my way. Um, yes. uh, dear Art, I am a devout evang uh, evangelical Christian and a professional psychotherapist, and I find myself in complete agreement with your guest on the show. In my opinion, she is describing the use of charm and sensuality in the conveyance of one's talents and gifts, not necessarily the use of sexuality as a manipulation of the patriarchal uh, system. Um, hmm, I wonder if that's fair. Um, you are, though, which are you doing? Both, really, right? 
In other words, you are using sexuality, it is mm -hmm. fair to say, as a manipulation of the present system. Well, I'm using sexuality because I'm a woman and it comes easy and it's, it's a gift I have. I was born with it and it's a weapon that I've been using since um, I was born. So, yes, I'm using it in the workplace as well to open up a lot of doors and, and generate income. Look, you know, I support a lot of families in, in my employment. So, um, Are you married? Yes, I am. And I have two small boys. What does your, uh, what is your husband's attitude about your take on things? Well, my. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair my, question. No, it's a fair question. But you know, my um, my husband is the kind of guy. Uh, he's very smart. He's an attorney. Yes. Um, he's ambitious himself. Yes. And uh, he has no problem with his wife making money. And. Um, he knows that I'm very good at what I do. I was always sexy and, and used my sexuality. I got him with my, well, not only about, with my brains. I was about to say, you probably got him the way you got the 40 banks. Well, you know something? You do what it takes. Um, and I wanted him, and I'm very happy. And uh, we have two great kids. And um, after being married to him for 10 years, I'm still happy to jump into bed. So, how many people can say that? Um, I'm not sure. Um, maybe we'll if find out. Jump into bed with him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, yeah, but let me ask you this. Uh, suppose he had just an incredible opportunity. I mean, yeah. just an incredible opportunity to um, uh, to take over uh, or bring two corporations together into a merger that would make you multi-millionaires. Only thing is. He'd have to sleep with the, you know, the CEO of the other company to consummate the deal. You know, my, I, I, I may get a lot of um, hassles about this, but the truth of the matter, no, 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 the truth of the matter is, um, you know, I think men play that game anyway, and even if when, they, when they're not bringing two corporations together, mm -hmm. uh, that's the whole idea. Men are that way. Men like to play around. It has nothing really to do with whether they love their wives or not. Wait, but this uh, is still not a direct answer to my question. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. And, um, and you would understand that? I don't think he would tell me. And you, and you wouldn't want to know, so it's a, a, a um, don't tell policy. No, it's not a matter of a don't tell policy. I just you know, don't think men walk around talking about that to their wives. But um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. At least he's bringing home millions of dollars. I'll send him a tape, a copy. Um, uh, <laughs> back to Honolulu. Uh, here's, uh, here's our Honolulu stripper again. Are you there? Yes, hello. Uh, aloha. Yeah, aloha. Thanks for your patience. Anything else? I just wanted um, to say she's very right. Hello, Rosalie, again, Hi. aloha. You're very right about when you say you're coming from a position of power because uh, this is just my opinion, but I believe that women are always going to be sexual objects, whether it doesn't matter if we have a million years of so-called feminist movement, men are always going to be attracted by women. And a women, who, women who learn how to use that to their advantage are coming from a position of power. And I've always felt that way. I, I bought my first home when I was 20 years old. 
like I said, I've been dancing now, you know, uh, I'm 34 now. I've been dancing since my teens. I'm, well, how many women can say they bought their first home at 20? Not exactly. many. Exactly. And, you know, I, I have homes here on the islands, homes on the mainland. I work two days a week. You know, I, I love my, wow. my, my work. Yeah, and, and I've never understood it. And the other thing I've never understood is the feminist position to me, which is very hypocritical of saying a women, women should have the right to do what they want with their body when it comes to abortion, but when I want to make money with my body, it's degrading and it's putting women down. It sets them back a hundred years. When I feel like the ultimate feminist uh, weapon, making money off exactly what what just comes naturally to men, you know, I I've just always felt oh, that's very hypocritical to to say to say that on, on their on their that premise. What are you You're not going to get an argument from me. Oh, I know. All right. Well, I'll well, let you go, but thank right. you for taking my call. All right, and I hope they're not coming to get you. All right, thank you very much. Um, you know, did I, well, there's one more here that I lined up specifically, um, a female. Are you surprised so far at the female response? Absolutely, yes. You expected... Very, very, very surprised. You I... expected venom. Um, well, that's what usually happens. I, I don't know if they really mean it uh, deep inside or if they, you know, once they sit down and really think about and evaluate their lives, if they really believe what they say. But uh, superficially and on the radio and on television, um, I'm always attacked, yeah. Okay. Uh, wild Card Line, you're on the air uh, with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm Val from Pahrump. You're from Pahrump, Nevada? Yeah. Holy I just, I just moved here from Hawaii, though, from Honolulu. Okay. I'm 74. I've been there. Uh, I couldn't agree with her more. Uh, Rosalie is 100% right. Uh, I've been in both circles. I'm a ham operator who, in the late 60s, decided to leave the, the sales and corporate organizations and go into electronics. Wow. And so, therefore, I was a woman in a man's world. I'll say at a time when few women were in it. And um, I also am the widow of a banker. Now, um, today I'm um, establishing a horse breeding farm in, in Pahrump, uh Spanish gated horses. Uh-huh. And if anybody has been down the road with men, women, good uh, women employees or, or counselors, advisors in university complexes where I, I became a, um, the most unusual person, uh, um, an engineer, electrical, uh, electronics engineer in universities where women, so did, most, uh, most women can't, they have ten thumbs. They did you, have, did you, uh, you're right, you're in a man's world in electronics for sure. Absolutely. Uh, did, did you use your feminine wiles? I I had one one uh, fellow one engineer uh, introduced to me one day and and my boss said to me uh, who is the director of the department said um, you know Val you always uh, wear these frocks frocks are you ready for that frocks to work I said my job has nothing to do with my femininity. Ah. And it was dead silence there for a minute. Then they both gave a little chuckle. Uh, but I never, never dressed down at any time. 
And as far as wearing pants, if I wore pants, I wore something that was very feminine for a blouse or a jacket or something like that. And that helped in your career? Absolutely. And the only problem I ever had was really with a woman. And, and Rosalie was right. Women are very difficult to work with. Oh, I love your people. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, thank you, ma'am. I, I think I have a very enlightened audience, I'm beginning to believe. However, the last word has not been said. First time caller line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hi. First of all, I am a woman. <laughs> I can tell that right away, yes. <laughs> My name is Donna, and I'm calling from Oregon. And i got two quick questions. One, um, Rosalie, are you or have you ever been married? I am married. Oh, good. Um, I also have another question for you. I was wondering if your philosophy of flirting and possibly sleeping with um, superiors to work yourself up also would apply if you happen to have a superior that was a woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, there are ways to deal with... No, no, wait a minute, ma'am. Hold on, hold on. I don't want to miss this answer. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, so let's hear it. Go ahead, Rosalie. No, no, no. I mean, there, there, you know, there are ways to deal with women. I, I think, um, you know, as I said, I, I had many women uh, attorneys who um, didn't stay and uh, couldn't work for me. Um, but I think you've got to analyze who your female em uh, employer is, um, know what you cute, want. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, let's not laugh about it. Um, there are ways to um, deal with a woman employer, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily perhaps through flirtation, but you know something, um, there are ways. There are ways to be a woman and um, possibly um, be tougher with that employee. You know, when I use my sexuality to manipulate uh, business from a man, uh, I'm gearing that because, towards that man because I know sex is very prevalent on his mind. Uh, there obviously are women employers who aren't interested in my sexuality. Yes, but the, they uh, are the, the no, question, well, Rosalie, the question might be, what if there was a woman interested in you in that same way? And she was not but she was attractive. Yeah. Well, you know something? Um, the goal is to get up there, and the goal is to own the company, and the goal is to move on. I think women have to be very, very sure of where they want to go and how they want to get there. If they're not willing to um, um, do whatever it's got to be done to get there, then, you know, you're going to stay at that same position. And, and once you've made up your mind that this is where you want to go, you're going to go. Look, you know, in, in many, many industries, um, uh, people have to do what they do with each other. You and I don't know what goes on there because we're not involved in that industry. All right, ma'am, I'm not sure, but I think we just got a I, sort I, of I a, got the gist of the answer. Yeah. The gist of it, I don't know. Mom, I, I guess I could be I'm much more. I'm with and having sex with is the husband, so... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, curious. I didn't hear that. Uh, repeat caller. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, um, for me, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so the only person I'm flirting with and, and working myself on top of, excuse the term, isn't the husband. <laughs> well, I mean, that's okay. It's not if much that, different in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, if that's what you want. You know, my personal feeling was I didn't want to stay home ever and depend on my husband. Um for anything, if I wanted to buy my kids something, I didn't want to have to go to my husband and ask him for the money. If I wanted to buy clothes or if I wanted anything, 
I wanted to be able to make choices in my life based on myself and what I wanted, not because my husband said yes, no, maybe, could be. That just wasn't going to be my way. I'm tempted to open the line for feminists. That's good. Is it good? Yeah. I mean, would you like to take them on? Of course, absolutely. Hmm. Um, we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm going from Connecticut, and uh, I just had a little question for Rosalie. Uh, Rosalie, um, when you become sexually involved with a boss, have well, a, I'm the boss now. Oh, I know that. I, I admire that, and I think it's the best way to go. We're talking uh, about the latter experience here. Yes, we are. Uh, what about the uh, aftermath of that for the boss? Uh, what about his, it? Well, his home life, his wife, his children. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. You know, um, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, I've been watching Helen Gurley Brown. I don't know if you're, you know yes, who know. she is. Yes, I do. And uh, she was way, way ahead of her time. Um, you know, and she dealt with that issue, and I listen to her now, and people just don't understand what she's talking about, and um, she can't get the message out anymore because she's very right, but no one wants to listen to someone that's already retired and saying it. Um, but she always makes the point, and it's true, uh, and I believe it. Um, you know, the woman who's at home and, and has the man out there working, I mean, you know, that husband is her problem. Um, and, you know, when he's in the workplace, he's in the workplace. And uh, what he does there, uh, the woman who's going to have the relationship with him in the workplace, I mean, that it isn't her obligation to keep him loyal to her, uh, his wife or keep that relationship in place or keep that marriage going wonderfully. I'm not really interested in that. That that's not why I'm at work. I'm not really concerned well, I about the employer that. and I his wife. I disagree with you. I disagree what? because I think that the wife many times has helped the husband become what he is. Oh, I agree with in you. In the very on that. beginning, when he had nothing. I agree with you 100%. And I think that's that why her I tell... life can be broken, her life can be destroyed, and well, the know, children's I mean, life. This is why I tell women don't stay home because that's that that that's, that is correct. Those women. Uh, have helped their husbands, and at the end of the game, they have nothing. That's true. And I tell women, don't stay home and don't sit there because the kids are going to leave, the husband has his career, and you're going to be left there at home um, without the kids and without the husband who's out there, has his career, has a whole new world. And, you know, men get more attractive and sexier as they get older. Women... Uh, their shelf life is very short. Why is They're very it? disposable. Why is that, by the way? In, in other because words, that's human nature. Yeah, I but, mean... but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, uh, I, I know you're right uh, in the way we perceive it, but we all age at about the same rate. Uh, the thing is, as you point out, women's shelf life is a lot shorter. Um, well, but, we don't really but, but, age at the same rate because you know no. what happens. I mean, men age, but men can still have children in their 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, so they're still sexual animals. Women, um, unfortunately, I know women are going to be angry when I say this. You know, there's a lot of estrogen uh, therapy going out out there. Yeah. But the truth is that women shrink and get dry. and Gravity affects them differently. And... Well, 
you know, that's that's the way men and women are made. And uh, men are not attracted by older women, but um, um, younger women are definitely attracted to older men for many, many reasons. So, you know, a man can have ten wives and uh, go through um, uh, 50 children and can start a whole new life at the age of 70 with a 20-year-old woman. A woman at the age of 70... Um, is lucky if she gets a call from her kid once a week. You know, what you're speaking is the absolute truth. It's going to make a lot of people angry. We're about to hear from some of them. I know that, but I also know what you're saying is absolutely true. A lot of people don't like it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a truth. Like a law of nature, Rosalie. That's what it is, a law of nature. Uh, hold on, we'll get back to you. Now, what I want to do is restrict my lines. Everybody hang up out there, please. What I want are some radical, possibly even radical, feminists uh, who are offended what, by what they're hearing right now. And if you are out there, call me on whatever line you're able to get through on, and uh, we'll go down that road a little bit. So we're looking for some radical feminists or those who disagree with Rosalie. And uh, I suspect they're legion. And that's all we're taking. So don't waste your money if that's not you. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired May 27, 1997. Satcher man. Rosalie Osias is my guest. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell. Here's a quick fax before we go back to the phones, and I think I've got what I requested, Rosalie, so this should be an interesting half hour. Uh, Art, regarding your guest tonight, I don't care about her qualifications. She's hired. Moreover, she can write her own job description. I just saw the photo, and I knew I could trust your judgment. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Look out. First time caller line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hi, Art. Hello. 
Hi, this is Rosemary from Minneapolis. All right. I have to say I love the show. Thank First you. First time I've been on. Oh, good. Or gotten through. That is, listened to you for about uh, maybe the last year. And uh, You've got to admit I have an unpredictable show. <laughs> you have a great show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Rosalie. Okay, Rosalie. Hi. Hi. Um, I have to say that I think you're uh, great. I like what you're saying, but I also call myself a feminist, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm an older student that's gone back to school, and all of a sudden I've gotten an education. I was one of these gals that sort of did uh, that type of thing for many years, worked in the workplace and um, used my wiles. I was always very attractive and sexy and got a lot of attention, and I did use it. However, now in my older age and, and learning some of the things that I'm learning, um, I've, I've become more aware of, of what's going on, and I'm working with youth. And I have a problem with, um, and I did read Helen Gurley Brown, I have to say that too. I have a problem with what I think is uh, a lot of young girls these days um, don't know how to use this talent and get themselves in a lot of trouble. And I see this breakdown of what you and I know in our, you know, being older and experienced, but I don't see them being able to get the guidance or the instruction, and they're just going helter-skelter. And I have a problem with kind of espousing this philosophy at this point with all the problems that we have already in today's world. And, and it seems to me like it's a breaking down of um, a moral standard which is like the last thing we need right now. And there's not anything, we're not talking about spirituality here either, which is another whole issue. So That, that is a whole other issue. Um, All right, address the uh, spirituality, the morality question. Um, look, young women, um, the reason that they don't know how to use their sexuality in the right way is because... Um, they do up to a point, and then once uh, I'm assuming these women are ready to go into the workplace or they're in college or in high school, look, they have to be taught how to use it in the workplace, but they also need an education, not just, well, you know something, you're sexy, you're beautiful, uh, and it doesn't matter, and now go in there and do your thing. It doesn't work, and I said it before. That's okay for a few hours and a few days, and then it's over. Um, those women need to be taught that they need that education. They need to know what they want. They need to have a strategy. They need to learn how to network. They need to know where the deals are made, how the deals are made, and how to be sexual and how to use that sexuality. It's a whole package. It's a complete package. Right. But I'm I'm not seeing who's going to teach them, who is going to guide them. Well, maybe we'll... well that's why my foundation was set up. There was a reason for it. It wasn't just to, you know, get on radio shows and uh, talk to people, although uh, it's very important that I do. But one of the reasons for the foundation is uh, I've been capitalizing it myself. It's rather new, and I'm hoping there will be more donations by people who realize that women do need that kind of training and um, um, that kind of education 
before they go in there, before they get out there, okay, is that start what, out. Is that what your foundation does? In other words, do, what, that's what, what the, we're going to do. Absolutely. The men, you know, the boys don't need that training because you know, boys somehow are taught early on. You know, you've got to grow older, you've got to go to school, you've got to get a degree, you've got to go out there, you're going to support a family, you've got to be this, you've got to be that. Men are, are taught that early on the strategy is set. And like I said before, they have a network they're going to walk right into. You know, it's that whole brotherhood out there. It's that whole boys' network. They help each other. So my concern isn't for the boys. I have two boys. I'm not concerned about them. If they're going to be smart, they're going to make it. Uh, they don't need my help. Uh, it's the girls I'm concerned with. All right. Well, let's lay this right out. Let's say a young lady enters the workplace fresh out of college. Uh, she's basically taking your advice. She becomes a secretary. She starts showing a lot of leg during dictation uh, in hopes of, um, of advancement. Um, that I'm assuming she's also taking more courses on the side so that she's educating herself towards any... All right, fine. We'll throw that in. Okay, all right, let's all right, throw so, that in. So anyway, the, the point I'm getting to here is the boss comes around the desk and he starts making the moves. Um, I guess the question is, can she, can, can she succeed uh, without follow-through? You know, men and women have played the cat and dog game for thousands of years. I mean, this is not a new game. This is a game that exists all over, you know, in social clubs, everywhere. You know, cat and dog, um, uh, cat and mouse. I mean, women have played that game and have kept it going and going and going and going. That's a very good game. And women know how to do that. I don't know why women are so uh, taken aback all of a sudden that they, they, they have no clue what they're supposed to do. They know what to do. They've been doing it uh, their whole life. Uh, you can handle the same uh, game uh, in the office. So the question is, can you get where you want to go without going all the way? Oh, absolutely. All right. I mean, I'm not advocating, you know, uh, sleep with the boss, uh, and that's the only way you're going to do it. When I tell you sleep with the employer, it's because you're going to sleep with someone in the office anyway. But certainly women can definitely move up. Look, the whole idea is what we were talking about before. Women age differently than men. It's true. Women have a sexual asset, but they also have one other thing that leaves them very, very quickly. It's called youth. And that is a tremendous asset for a woman. So you're instructing them basically to use it before they lose it, right? Absolutely. All right. It is crucial. Wildcard line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osias. Hi. Hi, Art. Where are you? Uh, this is Catherine. I'm calling from Salem, Oregon. Okay. And love your show. I'm a longtime Thank listener. Thank you. Um, I'm also a feminist, and I'm a liberal Democrat. All those scary things thrown in together. Mm. And I figure you must be doing still another paranormal show tonight because <sighs> Rosalie is obviously from another planet. Either that or the state of Oregon is from another planet. I'm trying to figure out if this is an East Coast, West Coast thing or what. My male friends will absolutely crack up tomorrow when I tell them about this. I, I, it, I feel like I'm listening to the 1950s. Um, in a way, you are. <laughs> yeah, but this is. In a way, I, you I, are. In other I, words, I, in other words, in other words, she is saying the feminist movement came along and changed uh, originally good right. in a good way, uh, nearly everything, and then uh, went in the wrong direction. And so, in a way, you are listening to the 1950s because, folks, that's what was going on back then. 
Well, you know, in the 1950s, women thought that they would advance themselves by sleeping with a boss and marrying him. And usually that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, women did not think of owning the companies. I mean, it is a very different time. Although women had the right idea in the 50s um, that sexuality was definitely a weapon to be used. Different um, goal, different goal, different goal, same method. I want to say something. I, my... Oh, man, you're breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up on us. Okay, I'll talk to the phone. I own my own business, and one thing that hasn't been brought up either, so I, I mean, Rosalie, you've been kind of all over the map, and I know it's kind of hard to do this, but I can't count how many times you've used the word manipulate. And in my it's business... It's an important word. Pardon me? It's an important word. I think yeah. it's a bad word. I, I mean, it's I... It's not a bad word. That, that's, the, that's the way the real world works, and that's the way business operates. No, it, and if no, you no, think no, that people not. don't manipulate out there... Oh, but, the hell they don't. The world is full of manipulation at every manipulators, level. But I can tell you, with her attitude, I would not hire you to work for me because manipulators are easy to spot. I don't like to work with them. And I know a lot of people who don't like to work with manipulative people. And I don't... You know, that's that a typical is. female reaction. It really oh, is. please. That's you know, females walk around saying, oh, let's stop using those bad words and let's not do the things that the guys do. But you know something? The guys own the world. So I don't I see don't any problem with it. More men aren't insulted by what you say. Men are insulted? <laughs> I, I, my male friends would be very insulted by what you're saying. I, I just... It's just... You must have a very unique group. Uh, I don't group. know. Well, I don't know. I just... Uh, I, I'm not trying to be a prude or something, but the idea that, you know, well, manipulate... Most women, most women who want to get into their own business can't even get a loan from a bank. They've <laughs> got to go and have a co-borrower sign for a loan, okay? I mean, um, I don't know where they you can't even generate the business. So, uh, you know, that one woman has a, a business, do you know how many women can't get off the ground, can't um, negotiate for goods? Uh, don't get the same kind of credit rating that men do. All of those things are manipulations. Um, you've got to manipulate. You've got to use whatever you can to um, to do whatever you got to do to well, get the money and the power. Well, I think being straightforward, it just has always kind of worked. Well, women, it doesn't colleagues. work being straightforward. It, it works on occasion for men. It doesn't for women. Well, it has for me and my colleagues. I just you're very lucky then. Uh, no. What kind I of business, by the way, are you in? Uh, advertising and public relations. Oof. And, I mean, you know, more power to you if you want to advertise yourself that way, but I'm telling you, you would be laughed out of this particular community. It wouldn't work here. So I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is this like... Oh, advertising, though, is the very heart of the good old boy world, isn't it, Rosalie? It absolutely is. Uh... I don't know about being left out of your community, but I can tell you that the rest of the world, and I say that, you know, world, not New York or this country, but the world, is not laughing, and um, that's why I'm on the show, because they actually took it very seriously and are very interested and uh, are very curious. So obviously, if there's a curiosity about it, it means I've struck a nerve. It wasn't my intention to strike that nerve. I was really just doing it for myself. Well, that's but, great. Uh, I just, what bothers me is that, you know, I feel like I'm hearing stereotypes that just, it, there's just no room for that. And I also like to know what you'd suggest for minority, like African-American males, because they obviously do not have the power that you're saying women look, don't have. I'm not, I am not concerned with any male, <laughs> like, because you know why? It's the women who are third and fourth class citizens in this country. Don't you realize that? 
I mean, women are the ones that run to the shelters, and women are the ones that get beaten up by men, and women are the ones that don't have money, and women are the ones that vote in a, a president that's an adulterer because he's going to give them out handouts. I mean, women uh, are uh, uh, the lowest, lowest, lowest <laughs> people in this country. Huh. Now she got you politically as well. Yeah, oh yeah, you got the Democrat in me, but... Uh, well, you know, I, the, the, the bottom line is that women are lower than men. Well, see, I, I don't yeah, know anyway. I don't... I were, I'm lucky enough to know men that don't treat me that way, and I've always been nurtured and had mentors and have good male friends, and I just think maybe you've had some bad experiences with males in business because I, I think it's insulting to men. It's insulting to women. I don't care if it's insulting to men. Who cares if I insult men? You know, well, I guess I, I think too I many women, uh, you know, too many feminists run around being concerned about all the men that are being insulted. Let's have a little concern about all the women that are being beaten up. Can we do something oh, about them? What are we doing about them? Well, I, no, that, that is, that's kind of a ludicrous comment because anybody who calls themselves what? a feminist calls, cares about those kinds of issues. Well, what are we doing? We care about the issues and you sit and debate it, but what are you doing about it? We had a China conference just two years ago. All the women ran to China. We came back from China. What did we do? We went to China, we, ha we sat there moaning and groaning that the accommodations weren't what we wanted. We came back, I didn't see anything different. I see the same shelters going up. I mean, look, you know, let's wake up, okay? Women are the ones that need the help in this country. Well, I think we're doing a pretty good job. And what I are we doing? Oh, well, we're building one more shelter. I'm sorry. No, I, I just think that social change takes more than 20 years. I graduated from college in 1977, and that's when the feminist movement was really... What do you mean social change? It's gotten worse. I mean, we've been building more shelters in the last 20 years, not fewer. I could see if we, we were on the decline. But, you know, if you read the newspapers, I don't know about in your hometown, but here in New York, when I look at the papers and look at all the charity events that are going on, it's just for one more shelter. Well, Is it any different in your community? Pardon me? Is it different in your community? No, of course we have shelters. And, but you and we're look, building more. But you're getting into some other, so we have a bigger population. People are more likely to report things. No, you know, the, the, what I'm trying to tell women is, instead of running around building the shelters and debating the issues, let's deal with the real problem. And the real problem is that women have no money, have no means of making money, have no economic power, we wouldn't have to deal with all the other issues and the shelters. And the way women are going to get the money and the power is to educate themselves, is to know what they want, is to use their sexuality as a weapon, and to get somewhere. That's what I'm saying. I guess. Well, I've done it all that without having to use my sexuality. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I just would like to but point out that. But looking like a woman and being with a woman? Well, I, woman. Think I, I mean, is like there a, a problem with that? No, no, I think I do look like a woman. I'm not sure what your definition of looking like. I don't have the Internet, so I don't know what you look like. Not Too that bad. it matters. Well, but, I mean, well, what do you look like as a woman? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you look the same way I do. Well, that's exactly right. So what, I, I don't see what your point is there. I, I, My I mean, point is that most women, the majority of women think that they have to look like men, that they have to dress like men. Oh, that's and they have to act that's like men. That's 80s stuff. And look ugly. No. The oh, age, oh, you, oh, in the 90s, women don't look like that anymore? Oh, for God's sake. Of course not. Really? Not here they don't. I don't know. Again, I don't know. Where, where do you live? From? I want to know what community you come from. 
I, I'm in Salem, Oregon. Salem, Oregon. A okay. very conservative town, I might add, because we're a capital city. Uh huh. I mean, I, I don't know what you mean by dressing like men. We wear whatever we want. Obviously, if I go to a business meeting, I have on a nice pantsuit or a business suit or whatever. See, I'm not going is, in a tank you, you top. Just, you just hit it on the head. Well, what do you want me to wear? Obviously, so I'm going to go to a All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. She said, what do you want me to wear? Answer that. Should I wear a tank top and shorts to show off my sexuality? Well, in, instead of a business suit or, you know, trousers and a jacket and a shirt, yeah, I would wear um, um, a short, which is, let me tell you what I wear. I mean, I'm an attorney, and I go into court, and I go to a lot of business transactions. And so? Millions of dollars. What do you wear? And I'll wear a mini leather skirt. And I will wear um, a top, a silk top, but I will definitely show cleavage. And I will wear a leather jacket that's open. And um, and I will wear fishnet stockings and short boots. See, I Absolutely. Would, that sounds And you know something? It I, doesn't I change to me. my I brain wear power. Under any circumstances, that's what you're not listening. You know, I, I would prefer to be in my jeans and my sweatshirt. When I go to a business meeting, I wear what's comfortable, but... Fishnets and black leather jackets. But the idea is to be comfortable. The idea is to sell yourself as something and to open up more of a window of opportunity. You know, you don't go to business to be comfortable. Men don't go to business to be comfortable. They go to business to get ahead, make more money, and press the boss. That's the whole idea. If you want to be comfortable, stay home in the bathroom. That's when I want to be comfortable. When I go into business, uh, and you know something, I'm very comfortable looking like a sexy woman anyway, but I'm trying to promote an image. I want the other side to look at me and remember me, not only for my brain and what I'm saying, but also to remember the visual. Because it's a visual they're going to keep with them when they leave my office. Oh, I'm sure of that. Uh, but that's the idea. I want them to call me again. But I want the what? business to come back. I get called back all the time wearing sometimes my little business suits, and I've had the same clients for 10 years, so I guess maybe the answer is you can do what you want, but there's a lot of us out there that are perfectly content to just work well with men and not flash our sexuality All right, around. but look, uh, go back to the beginning of the program. This woman uh, works for 40 banks. They wouldn't even talk to her. That was a man's world. Then she began to go make personal appearances and put a, get a thigh in the door, and now she represents 40 banks. Well, so I know people who I represent 50 clients. What, I, I don't understand the 40 banks. Big deal. I mean... <laughs> well, it's, it is a big deal if you understand how she was unable to even get... Um, a, Maybe it was her you know, personality I'm the only, or something. I'm the only, I mean, we don't know that for sure. I'm the, well, the... I mean, how do you know it just was they didn't like you and maybe your sexuality did turn them on? No, the, the truth, no, I'm the only female attorney uh, who represents banks in New York. I still am, and there isn't anybody else. All right, well, look, uh, folks, we are at a break point here. Rosalie, can you do another hour? Sure. Cool. Call her. I'm up. Yes. Can you stay with us for a moment? Sure, I will. All right, uh, it'll be a few. We have a newscast coming up. So, um, uh, once again, folks... If you would like to see Rosalie Osiris, uh, what I would suggest is a quick trip to my website. It is www.artbell.com. Go down into the guest area. There are now two photographs there that we had to uh, kind of put together very quickly. But you'll get the idea. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Sweet. 
Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired May 27th, 1997. Economic survival. <laughs> it is becoming more difficult every year, isn't it? Working a 9-to-5 job? Well, I'll tell you something. You'll survive, but you're never going to get rich. Unless... Unless you're willing to consider doing something for yourself. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. I think now, as we look back, we can probably say with pretty good certainty that some people in government might have been aware of what was going on and they turned their cheek the other way just to let it happen i also believe that some bigger groups got involved with al-qaeda to do what they did on that horrible day this wasn't just a small group of people who came in and did their thing there was a much bigger picture there and if you see the events that have unfolded since this tragedy occurred how we've lost rights how we used it to go into afghanistan and iraq and how it has really not stopped because it's going to continue. We're going to have more and more episodes and more and more involvement in other countries. And just mark my word, this planet is going through an incredible change. And thank God we've got you here to talk with us about it. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. My guest is Rosalie Osiris, and she is in a place where the sun is probably getting ready to come up in New York. Uh, are you beginning to see the hints of some rays out there? Oh, it's sunny already. It's sunny already. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Good morning. Where are you, please? Hi, Art. This is Cindy in Kansas City. Hey there. Um, the mentality I seem to be hearing, Rosalie, is if you can't beat them, join them, mean and men. You know, well, what you have to, to, you have, all you these years is wrong. What they've done to us all these years is wrong. And it's like you want to just turn it around and do it back to them. Okay, you've got a real feminist here now. Well, well I really okay. am not. Really, I'm a libertarian, to tell you the truth. Well, that's your political philosophy. We're talking now about the sexism angle of this. Well, I'm not sure why you need to use your sexuality. It's not all that hard to be more intelligent and witty than men. No, it's Quite not, frankly. and we are, but we're um, not getting anywhere by just being smarter and, and wittier. I mean, uh, doing nothing isn't getting us anywhere. So why should I not do something? I'm not really playing the man's game. I learned how to play the man's game. I learned the rules. I understood the game. And then I just made up my own rules. See, well, I, I don't think... play the man's game. 
I'm playing my game. Um, but I first had to understand well, his game. from you, you know, men have done it to us for years. What's wrong with us doing it? Well, what is wrong so with I, it? I know that you're doing, you're playing the same game that they played for all these years. But it's nature's game, dear. Oh, and, and so it's a good question. Uh, you're okay. right. Um, uh, men have been doing it for years. So what is wrong with women doing it? Yeah. It was wrong when men did it. I know, but they're still doing it. Uh, have you stopped men from doing it? Well, just because they do it doesn't mean that we have to do it. <laughs> you know, well, I'm sorry, but you know, helping women I want to get, take some action. What's wrong with helping women get, like, business loans and education and be politically active to change? Well, you got to do it, but how are you going to do that? Women need to have money and power to do, do that. Like they need manner. to change laws and, and own banks. You don't need to act like a slut to do that stuff. Look, well, you know something you could... of giving something that you're never planning on doing. You know, let me give going you an example. dinner with your CEO is completely inappropriate. Oh, please. It you is. know, stop telling women. Now, if you go with a group, do... that's oh. different. But if a CEO asks you out, I'd run. A lesser associate in the office, you know he, what he's wanting. You know. Yeah, so? It's obvious. It doesn't mean you've got to give him anything, but it does mean that you have an opportunity to talk to the CEO and let him know how smart you are. That could how be done in that? the office. Can't women do that anymore? Sure or do you can, think that, that once you go out to dinner, why, you've got to sleep? Need, why but do you need to really lead saying. people on? What? Why, why do you need to lead him on and let him think? Why? Because it's the only way I'm going to get his attention. Otherwise, he's going to get the man moved up, not me. You know, I realize deals are done over dinner and deals are done in the men's room. I'm not going in the men's room either. And let's face it, deals. I wish I could. De let's face it, deal I bet. deals are also done in bed. It seems to me that if you continue this, you will never change um, men's minds about women. They will just always think that they're right, that they were right all along. I'm not trying women to change men's minds. I'm trying to change women's minds about how to get up and and move ahead in their careers. I could care less what men think. Well, you know, it, it's been my experience that even the homeliest, ugliest woman in the world, if she has good ideas that will expand business... Who's going to hear them? You will be listened to. Who, who's she going to tell them to? You make an appointment with your boss, or you make an appointment with his boss. Nobody's going to make the appointment for you. I mean, th that's the idea. Uh, the boss isn't going to make the appointment for you. You're not going to be able to get into anybody's office. Really? You're it's going to sit there with your worked. own ideas. Let me tell you something. I have ever worked. It's been an open-door policy. Let me, let me tell you both something that's true. Listen to me for a sec, both of you, because it's true with men, too. When I was younger, I was very talented in radio, very talented. I had wonderful ideas, ideas that absolutely would have made a number one show and would have worked, but, you know, I was a nobody. Nobody listened to me. Only after I achieved some degree of success did the professional ears begin to listen. So you've got to achieve a certain position before people even be, uh, begin to listen. That's, that's true even in the man, man's world. Well, in a man's world, that's correct. You do have to achieve something in order to have some credibility and be heard. But as a woman... It doesn't matter how much you achieve. Um, even it harder. Work. It's and even harder. It's, it's impossible. It just doesn't matter. Um, so the only way you're going to get the opportunity to be heard 
is to be looked at first and be recognized. That's what I'm saying. And women need help to get out there and get their own businesses going instead of playing this stupid little yes, game. Yes, but look, you're absolutely right. But the only people who are going to help women get out there and get their own businesses and give them money are women once they're in that position. Because women can't do it now. Men aren't giving the money to women. Men are giving the money to other men. Well, that's just not true. Okay. All right. This well, isn't true. You can go get small business loans. Can you? You can get loans for small minorities. Loans. Women are minorities. Get a minority see, loan. Look what you just said. Women are minorities. Yes, they Don't are. Don't you find that a pitiful statement? Yeah, to I make? do. And, and in that respect, I do agree with you. Yes. Well, that's that. That's the only respect that counts. Yeah, women are minorities. Your motives for going around this, though, are what I object to. I look, think it, it makes know, women, women look worse than we already look to men. Well, you know something? You're going to remain a minority yeah. if you continue doing the same thing you're doing. Because, you know, really, women are the ones that still make the world go around. We're the ones that have the children. We're the ones that deal with the home, regardless of how successful I am. Um, and how many businesses I own. When my children get sick, even with two nannies, I'm the one that gets called. My husband doesn't get called. I'm the one that gets called because I'm still mommy. But you just and said so it yourself. Once you that, get out there and get something done and sorry? get some recognition, then people will listen. Yeah, but caller, you know something? Um, Rosalie is absolutely right about the way men look at women that's the, what right, she that's she what did, she has realized she encourages and, that but that she's but she's right women. she's right and she you're is. fighting a law of nature she's simply accepting it and using it so just accept it and you know just accept everything well, that comes know. your way don't never try to change anything you want to you're going to gonna change the economic no, imbalance man once you get done with him is still going to look at the next woman coming down the line the same damn way. Well, that's a stupid woman. I'm not talking to the stupid women. I'm trying to enlighten them and empower them. I'm not trying to make women remain stupid. I'm not telling women, you know, go have a fling and then go back to see your secretarial desk. That's not the idea. I'm telling women, get smart, learn a trade, get an education, take the courses you want, Set the goals, get the strategy, and then attack. That's what I'm telling women. All right. Well, we'll leave it there and move on. Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, I love you, Art. You're great. Where are you, Bob? I'm in Arcata. My name is Anastasia, and I'm a feminist. Uh, I have no problem with dressing sexy. I think it's great. And uh, I can understand both sides. I can understand... On one on one side is Rosalie, and I see on you know on extremes, and on the other side is the feminist who wants to uh, protect women who have been molested, who have been raped, and who are tired of being looked at as sexual objects. I can understand both sides, and I think we're talking about a lot of issues here. First of all, we have rural versus urban. You can, if you came up here to Arcata and you dressed in a mini skirt and fishnet stockings, the judge might throw you out. I mean, it's really conservative, and that's where we're, we got the woman Kate from um, Oregon. 
I can see how that how she would take that position. And I could see how Rosalie is in New York. It's just totally different. You know, scene. in New York State, and judges don't walk around with garter straps. I don't know what you're talking about. I've lived in New Jersey, and I've lived here on the West Coast, and it's too different, especially on the Northwest, way up here in the in the boondocks. You know, the profession, it's very different. The and so there are different mentalities, and different things work in different places. I I don't have anything against uh, women who want to use their sexuality to get ahead. If that's what helps, fine, that's great. And I am a feminist. And, in fact, I, I work for a better women's shelter. And uh, and I recently went to uh, honoring a women's dinner, and I, I wore the red sequence dress with the high heels and the stockings. And I, I enjoyed it. And, and I got some flack for it from and women who I believe their position was, you know, we're tired of women being looked at as a, a sexual object. And I can understand them. They're trying to help women who have been raped and women who have been abused and women who are survivors of that sort of they're thing. They're trying and to that's keep their, their that's job. Their focus. The, the, the more their... battered women there are, the more shelters that they can administrate, um, the more jobs these women are going to have. You know, if well, you some, stop... If you, some, if, I won't say that that's not true. There are some. I mean, it's well, a bureaucracy, and bureaucracies, you know, work for themselves. But there are also some who really want to help, and their focus is their focus is there, and that's why they take that position. But um, well, what's their are, focus? Are, I mean, know, what are they doing for these battered women? Feminism has has many faces. I'm a feminist, and I was there in my red sequins dress and my high heels and my sneakers and I mean my uh, stockings, and I felt beautiful and great, and I had no problem with that. I had about 50% of the women tell me, "You look great. That's wonderful." And I had another percentage saying, just looking at me like, what the hell are you doing dressed like that here? All right, here, l listen to me. Both of you, here's a good fact, right on the mark. Art and Rosalie, a leather miniskirt, fishnet, stilettos, good Lord. Rosalie feeds men the picture they want. Okay, I personally think it is distasteful to flaunt cleavage in a courtroom. Whatever, I guess that's East Coast stuff, admittedly. Some of the guys I know would hoot and howl in their Neanderthal way at such a sight, but mostly the men I know would find that type of, quote, staple in her navel, unquote, pin-up girl look, fine for a magazine in the bathroom, but not a courthouse. If it's working for her, what, 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 you know, what do they have to say about that? It's working for her. She's got all this business. It's obviously working for her in New York. But I don't think it would work in this little rural town where we have very conservative judges where you know you have you have judges throwing women out clients i mean women who um plaintiffs because they're not wearing a bra i mean they're 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 how do they know places. they're not wearing a bra did they feel them up no they looked at them you know but they I'm, looked I'm at saying, them well you can <laughs> tell if a woman's wearing a t-shirt without a bra you can tell but I'm saying it, that there's different there's different mentalities and up here well she i mean this this is a good point, folks. It is a good point. There are geographic and cultural differences across the country. But, you know, not, it would work not, in, one not in male-dominated arenas and not in the legal system. And, really, there are no differences. You know, a judge is a judge is a judge anywhere in the country, okay? And lawyers, male lawyers, are the same anywhere in the country. Uh, if you have... Very that, that's the way they are, everywhere. Very conservative judges, I, I they, think they're, they're going to have a problem with that. I don't know if you ever saw the movie My Cousin Vinny, but uh, it's, got, uh, it's got that kind of a scene. The man is in a small town, and he's dressed New York, and his uh, girlfriend is dressed New York, and they don't take him seriously at first. 
In fact, they give them a lot of flack. Well, there you go, but they but want to But then later on, they, they did because they were intelligent, and that's what really matters. But that's when you're what talking I'm about presentation, which is what you were talking about, presentation and getting ahead. So you just depends. made my argument. It depends on who you are, you know, making your presentation to. Um, you change it to accommodate the person. Uh, all right, now, did you hear what she said? You change to accommodate the person. That's right. Well, I understand you that. Vary I, have a it, with that. You know? I understand business. Uh, business is business. And we're not going to change, you know, business overnight. And there may be some changes, like women having their own businesses. And there are some men who, who are, are, you know, sensitive men who, who don't necessarily think that way. It's not the majority. I would say the majority would probably be more interested in somebody who looked really sexy and pay more attention. That's the way the world seems to be. I can also understand the feminist who who comes from the position where she wants to say, let's change that. I can understand that, too. Realistically, I think that's going to take a long time. And if you want to really get there now, Rosalie in New York might probably be doing really well. But if she came up here, she might have some trouble with the conservative judges. I really do think so. I think if more women would stop taking the negative position, it's almost like a cop-out. You know, all we women say is we want, we want, we want. But when it comes to action, unfortunately, it's the men who play the game and go out and take the risks and don't mind falling down and getting up again. We women seem to be very wimpy when it comes to that. We want, but we're not willing to take the risk. If all the women in the entire country went and did what I did, what is the world, what is the country going to do? Are they going to close up everything? We women really are the support staff for the entire country. You're not going to have banks closed down. You're not going to have companies closed down. They're going to have to deal with it. Think about it. If you don't show up for your boss, Hmm. Are you going to sit at the computer and type? I'm trying to sit and imagine a world in which everybody is Rosalie or some version thereof. Wow. Things would change, Rosalie. Absolutely. Actually, what I think would happen is that men would soon be second-class citizens. Yeah. (laughs) Now that I sit here and think about (laughs) West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Hi. Hello? Hi. Yeah, I'm on. Hey, how are you? Uh, hey, we're all right. Where are you? Uh, I'm uh, in San Francisco. Okay. Um, Rosalie, your main office is in Long Island, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Rosalie has a very regional take on what uh, a smart, happening woman is, and I worked in Manhattan for years. For well, I have Southeast. an office in Manhattan, too. And, yeah, but you may uh, you not know, all over Manhattan, the state, so, no, it's not you regional. You're in Long Island because you have a Long Island attitude. You have, you have a, a Long Island, Long Island attitude. But, you know, until two years ago, my main office was on Park and 32nd, if you know Manhattan. Well, uh, San Francisco is not exactly the <laughs> suburbs. Come on, folks. What? I said San Francisco is not exactly the suburbs. No, no, no. I'm saying that she's not really in the big leagues. And in the big leagues, people like... Are just seen as clowns. You know something? The big league is is how much money you make. And she overrides everybody that tries to talk to her. Well, you know, let me ask you this. What do you do for a living? I work for uh, Sony Pictures. You work for Sony Pictures? Right. As what? I'm an art director for them. You're an art director for them? Yeah, I'm a creative director for them. You have an interest in Sony Pictures? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. What's the interest? What? 
What's the interest? Do you own a piece of the company? Yes, I do. I mean, we, are you the we main, have, one we have of the main stock people? Options that are are exercisable every five years. Oh, exercisable. Okay. Do, do, do you need to know all this stuff? Do I need to know Look, how much you make you know, in order if, for if you, you to be a if you were really, Okay, hold it one at a time. If okay. you were really in, you know, understood how business works, it doesn't really matter where you are. What matters is how big your account is, how influential you are in the world. You can sit anywhere and influence and have power and have money. You know, most people who own the big for? companies aren't sitting on Park Avenue. They're sitting in their yacht Rosalie? in the Caribbean. All right. What's your biggest client, Rosalie? What? What's what? your biggest client? What bank? I have a lot. Citibank, Chase. I mean, I can give you all the major institutional lenders. They're all my clients. Citibank? All the banks that you do business Chase. with. Big banks. There's only five major banks in the world that are worth. But you know something? There may be five major banks in the world, but there are about 200 other banks that you don't know about. Talk. Oh, come on, sir. Um, uh, You asked her to name some of the clients. She did. They're the biggest. For, for the Long Island branches, I'm sure she's great, but she's not she's oh, a clown in Manhattan. Yeah. And uh, I've been to meetings, you know, many times. I lived in Manhattan for 10 years. I worked for Saatchi and Saatchi, the biggest uh, advertising company in the world. I made $60 million for uh, General Mills in six weeks. How so much did you make for yourself? Close to that kind of money. And anybody that walked into a meeting dressed like her is a clown and just would not be paid any attention to no matter how brilliant their ideas are. People in Manhattan and in the major centers of the world dress like business people, speak like business people, and they look plenty sexy and attractive without having to dress like a clown. All right. On that note, both of you hold on for a moment because I think that needs to be answered. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. Somewhere in time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997. You know, it just occurred to me. I'm coming back with this. You know why? I'll tell you. It's because, you know, these young ladies, they they were uh, the daughters of a preacher man. They used to sing gospel. Then they changed their image, their wardrobe, the way they moved. Now they're they're quite a sisters. They're making millions. Image folks. Think about it. Anyway, back to our guest in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from May 27, 1997.
Rosalie Osiris is our guest. And by the way, her photograph is on my website right now if you'd like to take a look. And if, uh, if you don't want to take a look by now, then uh, check for a heartbeat or something or another. Uh, you'll see uh, two quickly scanned photographs up there in the new items list uh, at www.artbell.com. Uh, here's a fax I just received, and then we'll go back to our caller. Art, I've got to hand it to you. Never has the power of woman's sexuality over men been better demonstrated than on your show this morning. I have listened to hundreds of your shows, and never have I ever heard you sound so absurd. You're acting like a 13-year-old schoolboy trying his best to get the attention and approval of a 15-year-old schoolgirl down the street. Um, and it certainly goes to show that a great deal of what Rosalie is saying is working. And he's exactly right. He's exactly right. Uh, Rosalie, I do react that way to you and to other beautiful women. And that's, to me, like a law of nature. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you react that way to me. And, and I don't apologize the... for it either. And why should you? And we've been on the phone for five hours, so obviously yeah, you also know I can walk and talk and breathe at the same time. Uh, and I bet you can. I bet you can breathe. Um, all right, uh, caller, you're back on the line. Well, uh, I appreciate the the lead that you just gave me, Art. Um, I think that there's another side of this issue, which is you have to look at what people are up to as well as what they look like. And guys that have been around, have lived in major metropolitan areas like Manhattan, deal with women like Rosalie a lot. And you can't be suckered in by the outside package. You have to deal with the real meat and potatoes of what's going on. Also, her advice is very good for women who have no talent or feel that they have no talent. No, no, it really isn't because her point was at the end of the day, you've got to be able to do the job. And when you get to the top of the scale in any business that you're in, <laughs> if you don't perform, uh, the bottom line is going to destroy you or make you. I'll tell you, someone else said, if you perform, you're going to be noticed regardless of what you look like. So uh, see, that's her. where she argues with you, and I, I'm afraid she's correct. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I afraid that in New York she's not correct. I, I didn't realize where you were coming from until just now, you know, when you kind of gave yourself away. I mean, first of all, you know, <laughs> you seem to be concentrating on metropolitan areas for some reason. But I think because that guys like really you... Right. Uh, use, you know, well, you know, she's from Long Island, she's this, you know, you're going to, as a defense, because really, you know that um, I am right. And you, oh, a, a man like yourself, really wouldn't know how to deal. You realize how vulnerable you really are. And I can understand men putting up the defense, because if they don't, um, they're not going to be in the same position they were. So now I understand how you're thinking. Uh, if you've dealt like, uh, uh, with women like myself before, then you know how effective and powerful we really are. I know that you really don't run anything, and that if you really, if you really try to sleep your way to the top, you're only going to sleep your way to the middle. And you couldn't even get to the top of the law firm you were, you were going to conquer. You had to go out and start your own law firm in the hinterlands of Long Island, which, just to inform Art's audience who doesn't know New York, is the middle of the boonies. And this you is a person who's really you're a clown. Absolutely, like you're, you know, you're full of crap. I'm sorry. I don't usually say that on the radio station. But you, you, know, you really are, and I want to tell the listeners not to listen to you because you're so full of garbage. Uh -huh. You have no clue. And you know something? 
The reason you're so upset I, I, is I don't even want to dis- I don't even want to talk to you because once you said right. that, I realized that you're a jerk. That's right. I realized you that really you're are a jerk, a jerk. Leslie, and that's why I would never do business with somebody like that that advertises their jerkiness in the way that they act, the way that they talk, the way they comport themselves, Look, and their ridiculous you know, clothing. Be my guest. <laughs> okay. Please. I acquiesce. <laughs> All right. First time caller line, you're on the air with Rosalie. Hi. Hi. I'm midway between Arcata and San Francisco. Okay. And I'm Katie. And I keep going back and forth between wanting to kill you, Rosalie, and kiss you. <laughs> um, well, they either love me or hate me. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that keeps coming to my mind is 20 years ago when I was young and I had a boss physically manhandle me. That's the kind of situation that I get afraid of. And yet I think of when I was an assistant manager of a major dime store and my sexuality did make a big difference if i dressed appropriately and looked nice i had less problems with male and female customers my manager did listen to me and also while i was waiting i realized you're not saying use your se- use sex to get to the top sexuality and there's a major difference a big difference yes uh but I, you know manhandling in what way um, grabbing my breasts. Oh. Well, you know, I, I may have been a little different than you. If he would have grabbed my breasts, I would have grabbed something of his also. Um, I believe you should fight uh, a tiger uh, with another tiger and not run away and be scared. Um, if you would have done that to him, I'm sure that he would have backed off very, very quickly. Twenty years later, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. Um, let let us move on. Thanks for the call. Wildcard line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osaris. Hello. What's her name again? Rosalie Osaris. Well, I think she's a bitch. And I think you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, there's a way to start out a conversation. I think that you ought to be ashamed of yourself the way you, the way you think. And I think people like you... Are you referring are, to me or Rosalie? To Rosalie. I think people like you, Rosalie, are a germ or cancer in this country. And I wonder, you know what, my mother, my grandmother, if she heard you talking to that, if, she, if they listen to this radio show, my grandmother, she's 82 years old, she'd take you up in a woodshed and kick your butt. Who the hell do you think you are talking the way you are? I bet you don't even go to church, bitch. Bye. You're right. I don't go to church. I'm Jewish. I go to temple. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're I'm on the Israeli, air. I'm an Israeli, actually. Yeah. Oh, are you really? Yes, I am. Uh, you're on the air with uh, Rosalie Osaris. Hi. Oh, I, I think I should deserve the right to tell you where I'm coming from before I ask my question. Well, okay. Where are you coming from? Well, um... Actually, I, where are you calling from? Michigan City, Indiana. All right. I think that the, uh, there is a double standard, and everybody has it. Just like when she called, said the president was in adultery. It's okay, uh, you know, if she's in it. Uh, so we did, and the women do have uh, an obligation to bring up the moral standards of this world. Uh, but on the other hand, she's right, and to a certain extent, and the pendulum is swinging, swinging, swinging. Uh, the, the, the feminists from the 60s have, have come out, and we know they're lesbians. That's their biggest thing, is that they hate men. And, and on the other side, 
uh, sort of um, uh, uh, prostitutes hate men. Uh, so there's an uh, in-between there, you know, that's, uh, that, that people like yourselves, you know. <laughs> uh, with, I think women should not be wearing jeans. Uh, what do little kids think, you know, from a rear end? What's a man or what's a woman? Uh, women should wear skirts, and, and uh, they, they don't have to walk, be all the way down to the floor, but they don't have to show anybody parts. They should be not exposed either, you know. I mean, we have a moral obligation. On the other hand, you know, the truth of the matter is uh, that men do like to look at nice-looking women, and if you don't have time to put your makeup on, you're too sick to go to work. Really, uh, the way I look at it, you're too sick. All right. Uh, well, you know, I, I absolutely have no argument about that. I mean, the, the facts who faxed me a little while ago uh, and said that I was reacting as a star-struck uh, uh, child in love or something. Um, you know, basically, that's true. I mean, that is the way men react. Now, we can argue this a hundred million different ways, and I bet you don't even go to church, bitch, and that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, this is like a law of nature that we're discussing here. Um, and even those people who are calling up and raving and ranting at you, in their hearts, they know you're right. And they, they know it by their own feelings, not by what you're saying, but by their own feelings. They just refuse to admit it and get angry when they hear it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Where are you? I'm up in Bellingham, Washington. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rosalie, you yes. know, <laughs> you're just not going to be taken seriously, not in this neighborhood. And people who follow your advice are going to have a real limited shelf life. They're just a not limited shelf it. life. Well, you Do you have a longer said. shelf life now? If you're making it only on your looks, girl, you're going to have a real limited shelf life. Oh, but she's you not. probably didn't listen to the whole show. Yeah, I did. You know, I, keep, I keep saying the same thing. Confidence, you're talking thinking, you're talking education. Those yeah. things will get you placed. If you're depending on some man to uh, to say, yeah, you're a pretty girl, I'll, let you, I'll listen to you. Then you've got a real limited well, shelf life. Well, the company. Who else is going to listen? And then you don't have anything else. That's all you've got to offer. Yeah, but that, that is, obviously you've not been listening to the program. Yeah, she, I have been. She, well, then, ma'am, she, ma she has talk her... talk about achieving a certain position, well, I'll tell you what position they're going to look for her in. That's not the, that's but not look, I don't even have to defend myself the... because I know what position I'm in. I, I own six companies, two law firms. I mean, you know, I, I don't have to defend what, you know, my position is. Lady, you're not even going to make the dress code. They have a dress code in a lot of places that you're not I don't have to make the dress code. I make the dress code. You do now, but you had to leave your company to do it. You can't. You can't but I would never have made. Sure we can. I would we never have made the millions I make in any company. Don't you yeah. understand? We have a lot of support system out here for women. People can get. Oh, support them, but I don't need do support system. See, that's the difference between me and you. The women out there still need a support system. I don't need one. I have enough money. I don't need support systems. No one's got to help me out. Most people don't. I said it I in an advertisement a little while ago. You can work for somebody else and you'll survive. You might even do okay. You might get a vacation. You might, uh, you know, the 9 to 5 thing. But you're never going to get rich. You know, the other, the other interesting thing that I keep hearing from your callers is um, the obligation of a woman to teach her children morals. I haven't heard one person yet say uh, it is the obligation of the parents. I notice that it's only the woman. It's, it's you know, and, and I find that incredible um, how people still think 
of women having certain responsibilities and God forbid she decides to do other things uh, or to use her sexuality which you know when you're raising children you are using your sexuality uh, as a woman so I, I am just amazed at that <laughs> East of the Rockies you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris hello good morning artist Mike in Nashville hi Mike hi Rosanna hi Rosalie Rosalie I'm sorry hi <laughs> I was looking at my TV schedule here. They cut, they they chopped you off here on WTN the last 30 minutes. Well, that'll be solved soon. Good. Uh, I, I recommended it too. I called in in a nice way. Rosanna. Mm -hmm. Rosalie. <laughs> Thank you. I, my my hats off to you. I applaud you. At the same time, I say that. It's no revelation of what you've done. It isn't nothing but chemistry. And if you just look back through recorded history and mythology, the women that have always stepped forward and and have made their place from Adam and Eve to Cleopatra to Helen of Troy Good point. to Delilah and all of that have done it, and they've done it by getting their thigh in the door. That's right. And, you, they, you know... You've got to That's get true. the attention first, and then you can apply your 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 tactics, your intelligence, and and I have sat up all night long listening to this station, and I hung up like Art instructed to when men were calling in. I've had many companies. I'm retired now. I'm 51 years old. Soon be 52, and and I'm not retired because I want to be. Uh, any any man that sets up and says that, well, take two twins that are identical, that are fashion models. If they walked into a public place and say they sold widgets or real estate or houses, and one had on tight jeans and a silk blouse, showing a little cleavage, and one had on Reeboks and the other one had on high heels and an ankle bracelet, who do you think would get the get the deal or get the attention? I get the appointment. Just, just something that small and all that. And and I've had companies where I set up the sale, and just the mere fact over the telephone of saying that I'll have one of our ladies call on you, and 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 iron out the differences. That got the appointment. All right. Well, that that says it very well. I mean, that he really is exactly right, isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, what's more powerful and overwhelming than a sexy, smart? Woman, nothing. I I have no argument for that. First time caller line. You're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Hi. Hi. Um, I actually happen to uh, disagree with the last caller, um, but I have a question for Rosalie. Go. Mm -hmm. um, who, if if a woman had her bachelor's degree, um, what would she be better to spend her her money on? Getting her master's or plastic surgery? <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm going to assume that she's only 22 going for her master's. So I would go for one more year, get a master's. But I don't say don't do the plastic surgery. Do it as soon as you think you need it because you've got to look good also and you've got to keep the, the machinery going. Now, how about that? How's that for an answer? Well, not too bad. I, I, I disagree with a lot of what you've said. I, I think that 
Um, as the gentleman said before, if somebody came in wearing Reeboks and jeans or high heels, I would buy the, per, uh, the product that I needed, and uh, I would judge the woman. You know, I'm, I'm not a slave to my... Now, wait a minute. These were twins in his analogy and uh, selling equal widgets. Oh, okay. I would buy from the one that was the better salesman. Okay. <laughs> the one that was better dressed. I really, Art, really, I am disappointed in you in this show. I'm, I'm a big fan. Oh, of look, I live with disappointment, sir. I, I live with it. It's, I know. It's I'm, life. Uh, I'm, I just believe this. I, I believe she is correct. You can argue against it on a moral ground if you wish. I won't stop you from doing that. Everybody's going to believe what they want to believe. But I also know what is true. But I'm just not a slave to my to my sex drive. That's what it comes down to. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I think most men are, though. And, I do. You know, I there's do. a reason prostitution is around for thousands of years. There's a reason there are clubs with uh, women dancing. And I don't have any problem with that. But I there's a market for it. I agree Otherwise, with you. Otherwise, the... They're, you know, the women don't go. Women don't patronize these places. Well, no, they don't. Not really. Chip, I do when Dales. I take my clients. Chippendales. You know, I don't put Chippendales in the same category as as topless uh, uh, table dancing. Yeah, I really well, don't. That's right. Well, that's you know, yeah. it's a whole different ball game, and. It, Women don't really get stimulated by that. They really just go there to have fun and, and have you. a few drinks. I know. Uh, wild Card Line, you're on the air with Rosalie Osiris. Hi. Hi. Just a quick quote from Timothy Leary, which was that um, women who strive to be man's equal lack ambition. <laughs> women who strive to be man's equal lack ambition. Well, I'm not trying to be man's equal. I'm Didn't trying to be superior. <laughs> Actually, okay. I'm trying to be superior, not equal. I'm equal now already. All right. Well, there was a Tim V. Leary quote yeah. who, who presently orbits the earth, by the way. Yes, I know. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with <laughs> Rosalie Osiris, and we're about out of time. Hello. Hey, y'all doing this evening? This is Paul in Cedar Park. Cedar Park what? Cedar Park, Texas. Okay. Home of the killer tornadoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. I'm so sorry about that. Well, yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty devastating. Anyway, we're about out of time. Okay. Here. Uh, uh, Miss, Miss Lee, uh, I, I hope you don't take this personal this is just my opinion i know you've heard several opinions tonight uh i feel that it's just a shame that a, a person a, of your intelligence uh, obviously you are uh, intelligent you're obviously a very high caliber woman uh you. you know what you want you've gone and you've gotten it uh however it seems a little unfair to women who don't have that sexuality um for you to go out and flaunt it and well no look sir uh we are out of time and nobody ever said life is fair um life, that's true <laughs> life is not fair it's just what it is you know it's like getting a hand of cards uh, dealt to you well rosalie you have you have gone all the way yes what do you think of that how did it Five feel hour, um, <laughs> it was it was good for me was good for me too. All right. Well, then we will again do this someday because you certainly stirred them up, and I'm in the business of stirring pots. It was a blast, actually. Thank you very much, <laughs> Rosalie. I hope you managed to get a nap before you've got to go off to work. Uh, I'll try, but I doubt it. <laughs> good night. Good night. Well, that's it, folks. We're out of time. Thank you very much. From the high desert, I'm Art Bell. Good night.